welcome back everybody to the box score sports podcast i am your host ryan and once again just to remind everybody this is still the nutty buddy sports crew it's just a different name it's just a different name we went with uh, the box score sports podcast because we wanted to make it uh, wanted to make it easier for everybody to find. That's why. Uh, now we're getting into our division previews. We already released the AFC East. We're going to talk about the AFC West in this preview. And I just want to hit on my one big thing when doing this division. And it's it's interesting when you look at these four teams because uh, they all have sort of their weak points. And I think this is where coaching is going to be important for uh, this division. Uh, and I think whether these coaches learn from their mistakes, whether they progress, um, uh, or whether who they they are who we think they are is going to determine, uh, especially who's going to finish two through four in this division. Because we know Andy Reid. We know that he has Patrick Mahomes. We know that they're going to be good. They're going to win somewhere between, what, 11 and 13 games because of those two guys. Now, real quick, just a side note, Chris Jones sounds like he's going to be holding out into the season now. And I think that's very scary for the Chiefs because they kind of need him as an anchor. Their defense ain't, like, phenomenal anyway. It's not a phenomenal defense. So to lose someone like Chris Jones for a little while because of a holdout, I think is going to... Um, be a little, it's got to be a little concerning, right? If you're a Chiefs fan. Now, with that said, to get back to the coaches, you look at the other two coaches that I want to just hit on real quick, which is uh, Brandon Staley and Josh McDaniels. I don't trust either one of those coaches. I've seen evidence throughout their head coaching tenure uh, that I just don't trust either one of them right now. Um, I don't trust that... uh, uh, Staley is has the leadership ability um, to lead this team. How talented it is for the Chargers! Now I could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope he grew from last year. Uh, maybe not be as aggressive uh, as he was last year when he doesn't always have to be aggressive. Or on the um, on the other side, you know, find a way not to lose a game when you're up twenty-seven to nothing. That's huge. And that's really a big question uh, for the Chargers coming into the season because can they overcome that sort of mental hurdle? Uh, We talk about it, by the way, uh, coming up in the podcast, but just think of what that did to the Atlanta Falcons when they lost a Super Bowl that they had a 28-3 lead on. So I'm just saying it's it's going to be interesting to see what Brandon Staley does. Josh McDaniel, we see how his his time in Denver wound up, how – he kind of made that more of a mess than he needed to. And we're sort of seeing similar things or similar patterns, in my opinion, as 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 the Raiders head coach. He's very firm in the way his system should be um, run. Um, he's really firm in the way he wants things done. Um, it sounded like De- Devontae Adams wanted out halfway through the offseason. He's back on board. I'm not sure if that will continue. That's all. That always makes you nervous, right? When you hear things like that, and that kind of comes down to coaching. Uh, It's interesting though to me because last season the it wasn't like the Raiders were bad, right? Uh, It was the first year with Carr and um, in that offense, and uh, we do talk about the um, 
what's it called the uh, the contract that might have motivated them to move on from the the Raiders. But then the question is, if you're not willing to pay, a, you know, the 14th best quarterback in the league, let's just say, that money, then are you really ready for the playoffs? Are you ready to contend for a Super Bowl in the division? Well, probably not, right? So it's it's um, they were uh, last year they were six and eleven, but you know they were competitive in a lot of games. Um, they they had three three hundred and ninety five points for and four hundred and eighteen points against. That means just quick math here. I'm going to try twenty three more points that their opponent scored, which means they were in a lot of close games. A lot of close games. Um, they were growing. They were learning new offensive system. I, I but I I just again is it a Josh McDaniels thing? Maybe. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. And then finally, we get Sean Payton. Payton's going to be on the Denver Broncos. Um, it, it's interesting when you look up Payton's career because he does have, obviously, a lot of winning seasons. He won a Super Bowl. He also uh, um, should have probably been to another one, right? The, the Rams, the pass interference call that didn't get called that opened up the way for challenges that the NFL totally botched, and I still think that's on purpose. But that's a different rant for a different day. But with, with Sean Payton, he, he's always had um, a good offense, really good offense. But it's interesting because without Drew Brees, without Drew Brees, um, even with Drew Brees, some of the seasons he had, he was you know seven and nine, three years in a row. He had Drew Brees, but other seasons, you know, thirteen wins, thirteen wins, thirteen wins. Uh, the year after Drew Brees retired, he was nine and eight. So I'm kind of curious to see what he can do with Russell Wilson. I think he's a good coach, maybe not a great one. I'm not sure yet. I'm just putting that out there. Um, I always thought he was a great head coach until I kind of looked it over and been like. Here's the thing. It's easy to be a great coach uh, when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, when you have someone like Drew Brees. Um, Andy Reid showed us that he can win with Donovan McNabb. He could win with Alex Smith. So adding Patrick Mahomes to Andy Reid is a little different than adding Drew Brees to Sean Payton, right? Uh, I think he's going he's gonna to be great for the organization. I just think it might be a year from now. It really just depends on Russell Wilson and how you feel he is going to be moving forward. Is he going to be Russell Wilson of three years ago or what we saw last year? So that's the one big thing I'm kind of interested the most in this division. A couple weaknesses on each team. You can see the flaws in each team. You know, the Chiefs have got the skill position players and they have their defense that isn't always uh, great. The The Raiders have their quarterback in the backfield. Uh, the Chargers have this fact that their organization is seems to always be flawed. Their run defense uh, also isn't great. And then with the uh, the Broncos, it's coming off of maybe one of the most worst coaches, uh, coaching years that they ever had with Nathaniel Hackett. And what is Russell Wilson going to be? And can 
Vance Joseph help with that defense uh, after moving on from their defensive coordinator. So I'm really excited to see that aspect of this division come into play this year and moving forward into the future. Okay, let's go ahead now and invite our guest in. Welcome back, everybody, to Box Score Sports. Uh, I am your host, Ryan, and on today's episode, we are going to preview the entire AFC West division. Uh, to start out, though, we're going to start with the Raiders and the Chargers. And to do that with me is our fellow uh, uh, fellow Raiders fan. Yeah, Matt, Matt. Yeah, yeah that's it. Fellow Raiders. You're still, we're, we're just making sure you're still a Raiders fan, right? I'm still a Raiders fan. Okay. Yes, still a Raiders fan. But f- fair enough. And then we have our Chargers fan with us, Tyler. Tyler, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Get, feeling good for the season, that's for sure. Yeah, have you uh, recovered from the uh, 27-point debacle? We don't have to talk about that. Okay, we won't then. We won't. We'll move on. <laughs> and that's what, what's awesome about uh, right now, the time period we're in. We all have a fresh start moving forward into the season. High hopes. But uh, these preview podcasts hopefully will squash some of your hopes is, is what I'm hoping, uh, especially for one individual here. Uh <laughs> Uh, so let's start out with a division overview. Uh, just like we did with the AFC East, we're going to rank the quarterback skill position players and the defense on each team. Uh, so let's start with uh, Tyler. Why don't you give us who is, how would you rank the quarterbacks in this division? Oh, like one through four, Mahomes, Herbert, Wilson, Garoppolo. Okay. Any, 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 uh, rebuttal there matt yeah big yeah. rebuttal okay, everyone, big. Knows, everyone knows garoppolo is the best quarterback in the division <laughs> okay. now no it's it's the only rebuttal i have is i think garoppolo is more competent if he can stay healthy big if than wilson i i strongly believe that i think he plays better on structure in this offense i think we'll see at the end of the year that Garoppolo, if he's healthy, stays or uh, is the better quarterback. But I agree with the Mahomes herb. Yeah. I'm, I'm jealous, envious of those two franchises. You and me both, Matt. You and me both. Uh, no, and I had it the same way Tyler did. I will say that I did struggle with Jimmy versus Wilson because I think there's um, the way Wilson played last year was not great. And obviously we're not going to talk about the Broncos too much on this part of the podcast, but um, you think that Sean Payton will maybe fix things, um, but we'll see Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm with you. He's better under structure, but he has had the best passing coordinator coach, you know, probably in our, in this generation and Kyle Shanahan. So I'm kind of curious to see what he's going to look like with, with uh, McDaniels. I'm a little nervous about that. So going um, back home, going back home. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. With new England. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Uh, let's start with uh, then the skill positions. Uh, maybe Matt, you can hit us off here. How do you have those ranked um, as far as the group's, uh, of the teams uh, one through four who's got okay I didn't, wasn't sure how you wanted us to rank them so the teams yeah I just put the best four skill <laughs> I, I filled out the best oh players, okay which, but I, I'll go I'll go teams um you, you have to go then if I'm doing that then I have to go Chiefs Chargers Raiders 
and then Broncos. Okay. I had, I had Adams, Kelsey, Jacobs, and Eckler as my my favorite four skilled players. Uh, that's a good four too. That's a good four. Yeah, I didn't make it very clear. Yeah, I meant by uh, the group of positions. Uh, Tyler, what what did you have? I actually got the, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I got the Raiders number one, then the Chargers, then the Chiefs, then the Broncos. Okay. And, and honestly, with the Chiefs, it's so hard to put them that low. But outside of Kelsey, I just feel like they don't have these like standout skill players, to be honest. Yeah, actually, I am closer to Tyler on this one. I have the Raiders number one. When I was looking at the depth chart um, and, and the players on each team, I was I was like, wow, I can't believe how many good players the Raiders have on the offensive side of the ball, especially to catch the ball. Um, and we'll talk about that in a second. And then I had Chargers, Broncos, Chiefs. I have the Chiefs last. Um, Broncos, I still like Sutton, and I like Jerry Judy. I like those two guys, and I like their running back, Javante Williams. If he can stay healthy, I think he's really good. Um, the Chiefs only really have Kelsey and then a lot of unknown. And that's why I, I know a lot of people think that uh, Tony is going to have this breakout season. But like going into the season, I want to see it before I, I believe in it. So the Chiefs, I actually have fourth on this list. And then, like I mentioned, Chargers two and then Broncos three. Uh, and yeah, Matt, you were you're, I think you're underselling the Raiders uh, skill position players a little bit. Well, I think what I did on the fly was I can't help but take the quarterback out of who's who's distributing the ball. And that's what I did. But if I w- looked at just skilled players, yeah, the Raiders have great skilled players. So yeah. why not? I'll toss them number one now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I've got a hard time uh, taking the quarterback out of the picture. You you got you to take it. It's the only place they're going to be number one. All right, number one. <laughs> there there you it. go. I'll take it. There you go. And then uh, let's look at the defense. How would you rank the defense I guess I'll start with this one with the defense. I have Broncos number one. Uh, they added Vance Joseph as their coordinator this offseason. I think that's huge, along with Frank Car- Clark. Chargers number two, getting Bosa back, uh, or you know, for the entire season, he missed twelve week, uh, weeks of football last week, and then uh, James as well. If he can stay healthy, he's he seems to be healthy going into the season. I have the Chiefs three and the Raiders four. I like the Raiders front seven. I even like I'm not not their front seven. Uh, their pass rush. I like their pass rush. It's their back seven. I don't trust at all. It's going to be kind of like throw it up in the air. We'll see what Josh McDaniels can do, but uh, their back seven is really rough. So I have it Broncos, Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders. I go ahead. I a hundred percent agree. That's everything I have. There same notes, even Vance Joseph is huge for the Broncos and then the Raiders, they can get to the quarterback, but if they don't get to the quarterback, it's going to be a huge, awesome play. So they're just, uh, they're not so good outside of getting to the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Matt, how do you have it? I I have it sadly the same. Same, <laughs> same exact way. Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs, or not Raiders. <laughs> the Broncos, I hate saying Broncos. <laughs> the Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders. Yeah. I, do, I do think we'll get into it later. I do think their defense is going to be improved, but until they prove it, I can't. Uh, years have shown that they're uh, – they are a bottom, bottom dwellers. Yeah, no. And that's the thing. It's these rankings are like going into the season. So it's not really what we think they're going to do at the end of the season. It's going into the season. So we'll see uh, if that defense improves. So why don't we go ahead and get into it? Let's start with the Las Vegas Raiders. 
We'll start with their their team. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you, Matt, all these questions first. Me and Tyler would will jump in, and then for the Chargers, I'm going to do the same with you, Tyler. I'll ask you all these questions first, and then me and Matt will jump in. But just to get us a, a glimpse of where they were last year, they were six and eleven last year. They were the twelfth ranked offense. I did points per game for offense and defense, because to me, that's all that matters. Yardage is not that big of a deal in my opinion, but, and then the 26th uh, defense uh, last year. Uh, so let's start with you, Matt. What was your favorite off season move by the uh, Raiders? This may be super unpopular. At least it is in Raider nation. Um, finally getting rid of Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. I, I like, I like him nine years. He was a good quarterback. He brought some stability to the quarterback position, but he could never get over that the hump. And I don't think it was all his fault. It was such turmoil. If he was drafted by a franchise that knew how to be a, a franchise, um, I think he would have had an incredible career, but going through the ups and downs that he, he did early on in his career, Sadly, I think going to New Orleans, I wish him the best. I think it's the best thing for him. It's where I wanted him to go when he was released. I'm, I thought it would be the best place for him. But it, his career in, o- in Oakland, his career in Oakland, Las Vegas, it was done. Thank you very much. I've got nothing bad to say except you need to throw the ball in the end zone. You cannot throw the ball in the end zone at goal to go. He had he struggled mightily, and that's why we Daniel Carlson led the league in in points the past couple of years is because of that. So I hope he has a great year in New Orleans. I will be rooting for him there, but it's time for a fresh face. I think his name is going to come a little later, but so so your your basically your point is like it was as a Raiders fan, it was time to move on from him. Time to move on. Okay. Okay. Sort of like a Ryan Tannehill for the Dolphins. Like it was just kind of time to move on from him. So I totally understand where you're coming from a Raiders fan. Uh, Tyler, you have a different move that you liked from the Raiders. Yeah. I like their, their first round pick in the draft. Mm, I did too. Tyree Wilson. Um, What they get him like seventh Mm -hmm. in the first round. Some people thought he could have gone earlier, like, you know, second or third. So I think that's a good, good thing for him. Um, I mean, they already have pretty good, support there on the pass rushing front but that that's a good it's just a good draft value so that's always a good thing for a team to get yeah and i do like when team adds strengths to strengths like you know you, you cannot have too many pass rushers on a team in my opinion if you can have five you want five because then you can keep rotating them so i i really like that pick from the raiders as well i will say i did like the jacoby myers signing he only played 14 games last year at six touchdowns and over eight 800 yards um and he he was on an inconsistent offense last year to say the least uh he knows the patriots offense so he's going from the patriots to the raiders which i think is going to help him to adapt to that offense uh, well, and he's now the number two behind Adams and then Renfro is going to be the slot receiver, right? So he'll be kind of the number two, number three option. I think that's a perfect spot for him. And I really like the weapons that the Raiders were able to accumulate for Jimmy G. Okay, let's talk about your least favorite move, Matt. What was your least favorite move for the Raiders? I, I struggled with two. One, not getting Josh Jacobs signed and under mm. contract. I do understand the 
devaluing of the running back, but I don't like it because mm-hmm. he's extremely valuable. Um, so not getting him locked up to at least a three-year contract is right there tied with not getting some more impact players on defense, um, like in the secondary. Um, who'd they get? Uh, Duke Shelley, <laughs> nickel corner from <laughs> Buffalo. Um, I just just one one impactful defensive player I thought would have been nice. I do like the drafting of Tyree. Um, it worries me that his foot is been injured and he just started training camp like two days ago um i would have liked to seen some cornerback depth there um christian gonzalez would have been really nice but i do like strength on strength but yeah just an impactful defensive player that would would be it yeah uh they they definitely need help on that side of the ball too uh tyler what was your least favorite move the raiders made the fact that they let Derek carr go yeah i have Um, the same thing I, I think Derek Carr is just an, an excellent quarterback. Um, I think he's far better than Garoppolo. And I think it's McCann- McDaniel's fault. He, that's what he that's Oh, what we'll he talk does. about that in a second. Yeah, yeah go what, ahead. That's what McDaniel's does is he comes in and he pushes out whatever quarterback he had. And he I, – I'm, I'm sad for Raiders fans that they have that – him for a coach. But that, that's beside the point. Sorry, that they let – Derek Cargo. I think he's he's good. And if they had stuck with him and built around him, that would have made him better for longer. Yeah. So Josh McDaniel's only been there one year, right, Matt? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And and that's why I didn't like it either. I, I get where you're coming from because I've been there with the Dolphins, right? I, I've been there where you have this quarterback that's sort of like can be somewhere between 10 and 15 every year, but he's never going to crack like the top eight or whatever. And that's that's frustrating. So sometimes you feel like, well, it's time to move on. They were the 12th ranked offense last year. Derek Carr's first year there. Um, and so I just feel like maybe if he would have, if they would have gave him another year under that system, um, added Jacoby Myers. Now you're getting another weapon for him. You know, you, you stick with the, the, the same style of offense. I felt like that they could have had a really good offense. My concern with Garoppolo, uh, is the health issue, right? He can't, I think when he signed the contract, he was still technically injured. Right. And then that they, uh, you know, like Garoppolo looked really good under Shanahan, but Shanahan's offense isn't the same as the Patriots, even though I know he's been in the Patriots offense before. Um, with Bill Belichick though. So that's the other thing is like, I just don't, I don't, I am kind of with Tyler. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but the Josh McDaniel things kind of makes me a little like skeptical of the Raiders moves, but the, the Derek Carr thing, I really wish they would, I understand it was time, but one more year, just give them one more year after a whole off season, working with another whole off season, working with Josh McDaniels, get him another weapon, see what he could do. Because I agree. I think he, he's a really good quarterback. He's not like great. He's not elite, but he's a really good quarterback. And those are hard to find in the NFL. So question for both of you. Do you think he was $40 million worth, not over just one year, because if they would have kept him, it would have been at least two more years. Otherwise it would have been a serious um, salary cap if they would have cut him after this next year. So do you think Derek Carr is a $40 million quarterback? Is it, was it 40 million for both, both it seasons? Was, each season? Four, no, it's yeah, each season. It was 40 million. Last year was his bargain year and they could get out of that contract last year. So they, that's why the decision had to be made 
because there were going to be salary cap implications if they kept him. And I don't see him as a $40 million quarterback. Um, that's just me. So, yeah, would another year have been good under the system? Absolutely. I think it would have been good for him. I think the offense would have jump-started. But as an organization that has flailed and floundered for so many years, one division champion or championship in since the 2000s, I mean, you, you have to start fresh. And that's what I think this, and I love Josh McDaniels. I love Dave Ziegler. I, I'm like one of the only, the rare Raider fan that does. I like, I like that they're coming in. They have no ties to the organization because that's what's gotten the Raiders into trouble is their ties to the Raider way, the Raider way. Commitment to, well, it's been commitment to mediocrity and even worse. So I, I like it. It had to be done. I do think he would have been better than Jimmy Garoppolo in year two. But I look at the what they're having to weigh as an organization, as a franchise. He's not a $40 million worthy quarterback, in my opinion. And and how long was the contract for? Do you I remember? think it was a four-year contract. So year two and three, they could have gotten out after year three. But okay. they would have had to pick up year three. Okay, so they if they picked up this year, they would have had to pick up another year before. Okay, I got you. So I guess the question really is for me is like, is he because your average salary for Jimmy Garoppolo is twenty four million. So is he sixteen million dollars better than Jimmy G? Who? It's hard. So. It's hard. I, I would I would sort of agree with that. I would also say it's hard because quarterbacks are you know, you got to pay your quarterback. So I, I would have to, let me uh, keep talking though. Keep, go ahead, Tyler, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, it, it depends what they do with that extra money. Mm -hmm. um, why aren't they giving that to maybe Josh Jacobs so they could get him in the building? I know the running backs really aren't valued as much, but maybe pass off agree, savings, you know, I agree, but I don't think that's a Raider issue. I think that's an NFL issue with the yeah. devaluing of the running back. And I, I, I do agree, but I think they're just looking long-term. So maybe next year or the year after, they'll have that cap flexibility in order to sign other players. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, so I, let, let me flip the question on you. If you had to compare Derek Carr to another quarterback, who what quarterback would you compare him to? Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Okay, so Kirk Cousins makes 35 a year. So you're only paying it probably because he he uh he signed after Cousins. So you're paying the the um the extra the inflation that goes year to year. So you're only paying five million a year more than Kurt. So I guess, I mean that's a good point. I'm not gonna say yes or no to that. I, I feel like I would. I don't know. I would where their defense is maybe not. Like maybe that's the thing. Like if if you're not ready to win now. Maybe you do, like you said, kind of reset and, and get rid of him. I could see where you're coming from there because um, if if your defense isn't good and you don't got a chance to go to the Super Bowl, then there's no point in paying a guy that, you know, let someone like Carr um, that amount of money. You know, if you're, you're you know, your your best effort's going to get you seven and ten or whatever it is. Right. So so I, I can see where you're coming from there. Yeah, 12th-ranked offense cannot offset a 30-ranked defense. C correct, correct. So I can see where you're coming from there. 
um that that's that's a solid point um but i would say it it's still it's still hard though because it's like if if you would have just went with like a um like you said went after some defensive players in the secondary like even in the draft i i, I liked i liked the pick i liked wilson no doubt but if you would have went secondary got some defensive impactful players could have you put a solid defense like a top 20 defense around Derek carr and maybe won something maybe uh, but you take that away when you don't have them. It, it's sort of like a balance. But I see absolutely see where you're coming from. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to justify that if you're not going to be contending for the Super Bowl or even the playoffs. I guess one yeah. nice thing too with with going with Garoppolo over Derek Carr is Garoppolo is very consistently like he'll get the ball out. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like that, that's he's consistent in that way. You don't have to yeah. worry about making big mistakes. I wouldn't say it's just. Mm-hmm. He's not prolific. Yeah. Neither of them are prolific. Neither of them are Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. You know, I think Derek Carr's a top 12 quarterback. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a top 16 to 18 quarterback. Yeah, I was going to say top 18. Yeah. 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 I can see that. Um, The the only thing is obviously is his injuries and he's getting older. So that's not going to go away anytime soon. Um, And the other thing is, having a friend who's a 49ers fan who's been on the podcast before Jimmy Garoppolo will throw one or throw a, a p- potential interception in the worst moments of every single game. And it's just whether the defense capitalize on it or not. That's, that's the thing else you have something else you have to look out for too, when it comes with Jimmy G. So, okay. Uh, let's, let's look at our, uh, let's go to the next point, Matt. Um, biggest green flag. What, what are you, uh, the biggest green flag for the Raiders? Well, now that you said it, Jimmy Garoppolo's untimely interception. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's Jimmy Garoppolo's health. I think that's, um, if he can play 14 games, 15 games, I think that will be a, a a good season for him, But, but it's just keeping him healthy. He is injury prone. Um, Derek Carr was not that that's one thing I'll give him all the credit in the world. He will come to play. Um, so yeah, Jimmy G's health is my, my green flag. That's what you need to happen. How about you, Tyler? Um, I think one good thing when you say green flag, like things that you're like, you're positive about, you think it's going to go well? Oh, I thought it was my, my, my least negative. Oh, positive. (laughs) I think it's the offense. Hmm. I guess I didn't understand green flag. I That's okay. My green flag. <laughs> I, I liked how you interpreted though. So it's, 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 yeah. so shows I'm a negative person. <laughs> yeah, I think the offense. I think the offense is going to be really good. How about you, uh, Tyler? Yeah, my green flag is uh, Garofalo. He's just going to be able to distribute the ball well. So with such good skills positions around him, if he can distribute that, he shouldn't have to be like a magnificent passer he can just simply get the ball out do do his job essentially what they do in new england which i think mcdaniels is trying to bring there is just do his job and let the skill players take over so that that's a green flag garoppolo i think is going to be able to do that yeah i like that green flag my mine um mine is i didn't i, I like their draft it wasn't like a, a fantastic draft but it was a good draft i liked uh the the tucker the wide receiver there they got mayor the tight end he was i think um some people's board he was a number one tight end uh most people say he's a top two tight end in the draft so they got him and then obviously wilson i think they're building young which is good and if they can uh, build off of this draft moving forward i think that can be go 
uh, a long way for them next year, next year, you know, so I really like their draft. And, and like I, the other thing I had was their offense more in specific, their skilled position players, which goes along with what you both said about um, getting the ball into those guys's hand and doing stuff. So uh, biggest red flag. The, the back, the back seven yeah. linebackers to DBs. That's the red flag until I see them prove it. I just don't trust them. Yeah. Um, what about you, uh, Tyler? It's just that McDaniels is still their head coach. Yeah, I, I have that doubt. <laughs> I know. I feel I'm actually, I'm, not, I'm actually, I actually like hearing what Matt has to say though, about liking McDaniels yeah. because I think that's kind of interesting. Like you bring a different perspective there, mm-hmm. Matt, because I just, I always think of McDaniels as just this, just terrible human. Yeah. terrible coach but he, he was in denver i i would agree with you and did but you know he was young think how old are you tyler 28 yeah i i think he was like 31 or 32 when he got that coaching job and oh, he wow. wasn't even supposed to be the um the general manager and they kind of threw those duties that's the tim tebow draft pick in mm-hmm. the first round he wasn't even supposed to do that so i i think of how i was you know, when I was younger and now how I am, um, I, I like to think that I've mellowed over time. And in his interviews, when he came to the Raiders, he was very contrite. Um, he said he made a ton of mistakes. And so I think going back to New England and establishing more um, ability, more coaching skills, I think he's a different person. And he came with a general manager attached with him. And I like what I like what he what he's done. He's he's brought structure to the organization. He might not be ever win the greatest human being award, you know, but you don't hear a lot of reports about the players not liking him. I hear just the opposite. So I I I really I really like that's that's it's different to hear for me. I mean I also don't talk to many Raiders fans, but um I try not to I try not to associate with them. Yeah, mo- most of them don't know about you, though. Remember, <laughs> I'm hiding. I'm hiding from them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I'm gonna. So the Josh McDaniels thing, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of with Tyler. I, I get where you're coming from, Matt. But the whole Devonte Adams thing this offseason was a little bit of a red flag. The fact that he was asking to be traded, kind of, and then really didn't want to get traded, and then he wanted to get traded. I don't understand that whole thing. Um, may, I think it's because they lost Derek Carr and he wanted to play with his friend and his friend was no longer there. Um, but the other thing is with McDaniels, and this is the problem I have with coaches that come out of the Bill Belichick system, is they want to run their system instead of getting like talent and then putting that talent in the best position to win. And I don't like when coaches do that. Uh, that's why Patricia was a bad head coach. Uh, there's examples of like um, uh, coaches that have had opportunities. I'm thinking the one in uh, Tampa Bay there where they've had a couple opportunities and they they kind of are the same, but you put them at a coordinator spot and they're fine. But when they're when they're given like the keys to the whole entire kingdom, so to speak, they just don't know how to run it. And I just don't like coaches who are so set in their ways. They're like, hey, you can't run my system, so you can't play football, so I'm going to trade you. And good coaches, even Bill Belichick does this. He will put the guy, a guy, in the best position to succeed. He'll say, what are you good at? I'm going to use you there. 
Uh, and I feel like that's part of the reason why they got rid of Derek Carr is because Derek Carr isn't the best quarterback for Josh McDaniel's system, which is a fair point. Like, I get that. But then Josh McDaniels should put Derek Carr in the best position to win instead of worrying about putting his system in the best position to win because sometimes you can't find players to play in your system. Um, so that that's why I still have that as a red flag because it's sort of like I want to see it first before I trust Josh McDaniels. And my only rebuttal to that is he did put Derek Carr in positions to win. Derek Carr blew some games. He he did. Quite simply, Derek Carr blew some games at the end. He put him in position to win. So that's that's why I think he made the decision he did. Right, but but it was also because Derek Carr wasn't seeing things within the system, right, that he has in place. Is that is that part of it? That's what my understanding. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Derek Carr liked hard coaching. Mm, well, that could be true. And John, he is a hard coach. But I don't I think, you know, when you're a professional, you you can be you can take hard coaching. And I think he just, you know, maybe he's thinking not nine, nine years in, in, he doesn't need that type. But look at look at how uh, Bill Belichick was on Tom Brady. He yelled at Tom Brady. He undressed verbally, undressed Tom Brady. And Tom Brady could take hard coaching. Not everyone can. I don't think I could take hard coaching. <laughs> I'll be the first one to admit it. I'd be like, trade me. <laughs> no, and that's fair. It's just it's different when it's a uh, Super Bowl winning. Because I know I heard like Bill Belichick would even in year 15 of Tom Brady's career, he would he would he would call him out in front of the team, which is good. But, you know, when you have the Super Bowls, the cachet that it goes a longer way than someone like Josh McDaniels, who hasn't done anything on his own. And in fact, the 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 time he had an opportunity, it kind of fell apart. And like you said, it's fair. He was young. We'll see what he does. Uh, but um, I just I just have a hard time with with a coach that's more focused on his system versus putting the players in the best position to win. I, I completely understand. Nick Siriano just this training camp got on Jalen Hurts for not hustling the ball back in a two-minute drill to the, the ref and completely uh, yelled at him in front of the hole, and Jalen Hurts responded just fine to it. Called him a selfish player because he, he took more yards than he needed to set up a field goal. So, I mean, I I, I don't know. We just it, we'll agree to disagree. Yeah, yeah. At this point, right. And 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 I could be wrong. That's the thing. But we'll find out sort of as this yeah. season unwinds and into next season. It's going to be fun to watch. That's for sure. Um, it's kind of like if McDaniel's he's like building the team. Like if he gets enough time, maybe he'll be able to really get established on that team. It's I'm I'm curious about if the Raiders are going to give him enough time. Really I don't think him. Mark Davis can afford to buy out another coach. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's great yeah that's fair okay uh let's uh let's move on um fantasy football go-to uh for you matt for the raiders the raider that you have to have on your team when you're drafting in fantasy football this was easy daniel carlson okay no we <laughs> 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 don't even play with kickers anymore uh, Devontae, Devontae adams easy okay what about you tyler yeah i got Devontae adams i want to put uh jacobs but i don't well he hasn't been to camp yet has he and i don't think that's going to make mcdaniels very happy with him 
So I don't think he's going to get the ball much, if, you know, if and when he does come back. So just got to go with Devontae Adams, and I think he'll be getting a lot of points, you know, in a PPR league especially. Yeah, I like I like Adams too, and Renfro too. I like him as well. I just put him at there, sort of a, a backup uh, option. Um, because he, in a PPR league, I think he'll get a ton of questions. Okay, let's predict for the Oakland, uh, the Oakland Raiders, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Let's uh, do our predictions for the season. So Vegas has over under uh, for wins, 6.5 wins. What do you got, Matt? What's your prediction? Uh, I've got them definitely over that. Okay. I, I'd be optimistic. Uh, That's I think good. I think they're going to go 8-9 and nine or 9-8. Nine and eight. Okay. That's that's about where they are. Okay, what about you, Tyler? Um, I'm thinking more like five and twelve. I think though those win games that they win, they're gonna be good teams. They're gonna be mm. pretty good teams. I think they have the potential to do really good, but they're just not gonna quite have it. And I think that'll set them up well for next year, but um, just not so great this year. So five and twelve. Okay. Yeah, I had under. I had six. Um. But the the main reason is the defense. If the defense gets better, I could see them winning more games. But if the defense kind of gets, you know, either stays the same or is worse, it's going to be hard for them to to win games that way. They went six and eleven last year, and they had this twenty six defense. So if they either drop a little bit or if they don't get too much better, it's it's going to be hard for them to get up to eight. But I, I you know, Matt, like if their defense, like you said, if you you're feeling like they're going to find something defensively, that's going to work well for them. I could see them winning eight to nine games. Top twenty. That's all I ask. Top twenty. Yeah. That's I think most teams with good offenses, like, could you just be a top 20 defense? We could win some of these games. Okay. Let's move on to the Los Angeles chargers. So last year they finished 10 and seven Tyler. I won't mention how their season ended. They, it just ended. That's what we know. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, 13th ranked offense and 21st ranked defense was their stats last year. So Tyler, what was your favorite move that the Chargers made this offseason? I feel like they didn't make as many splashy moves as they did last year, but I really liked the addition of Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. I think um, when you have a big-arm quarterback like Justin Herbert, you have to take shots down the field. When you take shots down the field, you open up uh, the underneath, and you're going to open it up for Austin Eckler, for Keenan Allen. Um yeah, so Kellen Moore, he's going to be a more aggressive offensive guy. And so that's that's a really good thing. I, I like uh, that hiring as well. What about you, Matt? What was your uh, favorite move for the Chargers? Yeah, Kellen Moore. Same same reason. Throw the ball downfield with that, that guy's arm. Justin Herbert is amazing. Mm-hmm. He is such a good quarterback. He is right. He's, I'm going to say, he's 1B to Patrick Mahomes in talent he just has to I, I really believe it i think i even think he's more mobile mm. he just doesn't have all the arm angles patrick has but he is so good i i have nothing but respect if he didn't get injured so early on last year i think they would have done even better but he was battling through what was it a rib injury mm-hmm. yeah 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 and i think in the offseason he had like a soldier uh, a shoulder surgery as well i don't think it was on his throwing arm but yeah he bat- he battled injuries and still was more than competent what 13th ranked offense yeah no i agree with 
some of what you said. I, I think comparing anyone to Patrick Mahomes is sacrilegious at this point. Nobody should be compared to him right now. Uh, he's He's been doing things that no quarterback his age has ever done, uh, which is ridiculous. Um, but I do agree with you. He he could be up there this year at the end of this year. I mean, like, you know, because a lot of people have Allen and Burrow, you know, ahead of him, which right now I would agree with. However, this could be the year with a new offensive coordinator. So with my favorite move, it was, it was actually a, l- a little bit negative, but it was the firing of Joe Lombardi. I, I don't know. Me and me and Lombardi have a really um, bad history because I feel like he wasted like four years of Matthew Stafford's career in Detroit. I just I did not like him as an offensive coordinator at all when he was in Detroit, when he went to the Chargers and got Herbert. I'm like, well, he's not going to he's not going to do Herbert much justice and Herbert looked great. So it can't be any worse, right? Worse uh, with uh, K- Kellen Moore. So just getting rid of Joe Lombardi, I think is going to help, uh, help the chargers out, out offensively. I think what you were saying about someone who gets so stuck in their own system, that's what Joe Lombardi oh, did. Totally. In that system. And he would not adjust. He just won it. Yeah. Well, he, he, he had drew Brees, right. And drew Brees, very accurate quarterback, you know, on target, but he didn't have like the, he had a good deep ball, but he didn't have the greatest deep ball, right? Like he didn't have like the power arm that someone like Stafford has or someone like um, Herbert has. So that that's the thing that always annoyed me is he, the shots downfield was never there. And you had Calvin Johnson and Matthew Stafford. It's like, what are we doing here? So it's sort of the, you know, the same with uh, Herbert. I, I just didn't, didn't like that hiring, so I'm glad that you guys got somebody that might be a little bit better and more more innovative and, and, and really unleash that arm for for uh, Herbert there. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. What I would like you? Kellen. You like Kellen Moore? I do. Yeah, I, I think Kellen Moore is very competent. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, he's nice. I feel like Kellen Moore because he's he's he goes downfield. Maybe it'll match and pair better with Brandon Staley's aggressive nature. You know. You can't have the super aggressive coach making aggressive calls and then the offensive guy who's just being super conservative. Like mm-hmm. that's just, it just doesn't mix. Yeah. That's, a, that's a really good point. I didn't even think about it. Maybe you won't have to go for it so many times on fourth down. Yeah. There we go. Hopefully. <laughs> that'd, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Okay. Uh, least favorite move, uh, Tyler. I wasn't a big fan of losing Drew Tranquil, especially yes. because he was, um, what the chief signed him for like, cheap dirt cheap they mm-hmm. could have why couldn't they just brought him back he seemed to do pretty well i liked him and um so i'm bummed about that it wasn't really the chargers fault on this one and also nasir adderley retiring i was kind of bummed about that yeah no the first uh tranquil i had down too what about you matt i didn't have one because i i can't say as i i didn't see anything overwhelming that looked bad but i guess you know now that you say it tranquil that is a little bit of a loss but i think they're still going to be fine um i'll i'll take that i'll take that defense yeah it's still yeah yeah what oh, defense okay. won't you take <laughs> right <laughs> there's only a few that i wouldn't that's right uh so he only signed a one-year contract worth five million so right. yeah that's what i'm seeing here they were saving that money for one justin herbert yeah, maybe, but one year, five million. He led the team in tackles, I think, last year. Oh, he had 146 solo tackles, or I mean, uh, total tackles. So, 
Um, it with a defense that isn't great already, like they were 21st last year, to lose someone like that is a little bit of a hit. But I do agree with Matt. I don't think overall it's going to like decimate your defense either. But yeah, that was the one I had down. And well, you know, not to be completely ignorant of every player on the Chargers, but uh, what was he middle linebacker, outside linebacker? I think he was middle. Yeah, I didn't they drop that guy from Oklahoma like two years ago? Um, oh, um, New No, no, um, he's from Oklahoma. I'm, I'm drawing a blank because I remember he was linked to the Raiders pre draft. Um, I don't know how he's turned out, but I, I don't know. I, I oh, don't think oh, Kenneth Murray, Kenneth Murray. That's exactly. it. I mean, because Kenneth Murray was a middle linebacker in, in college. Mm-hmm. Maybe their their thinking is just. I mean, there's a lot of teams that just don't they don't value linebackers that much. They feel like they can coach him up. He's so who knows? They probably have somebody that they trusted just as much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Kenneth Murray. He's he's been a little bit of a disappointment, but they brought in Eric Kendricks. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, from Minnesota. Yeah, so yeah, I, I like I like Kendrick. I didn't even know that. Uh huh. I, I like him. He should be better, but he's old. And if he gets hurt, which seems to happen a lot in Los Angeles for some reason, <laughs> um, be nice to have someone behind him. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I agree, and I agree with the linebacker thing, especially like the um, middle linebackers. They're kind of a dime. They're not unless if you get like one of the top tier ones, it's not really worth paying like the 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 average ones because you can find an average middle linebacker most places. So. Um, agree with that. Okay, what was your what's your biggest green flag then there, Tyler? Um, so it's, uh, Kellen Moore, I really like him. I don't want to use him again though. But Darius Davis, um, he's so fast, and I don't know if you guys saw the punt return for a touchdown in the preseason. Mm, I did. Mm-hmm. And granted, it is preseason, but just to see that gets me really excited. I think back to when Philip Rivers had Travis Benjamin and Travis Benjamin could just stretch the field because he was so fast and Keenan Allen had some of his best years when Travis Benjamin was was doing that and so I think maybe this guy Darius Davis who's really they don't expect to get much playing time but I think he might get more playing time because of how fast he is and how he can just open up the field so I'm really excited about him yeah, it didn't one of the one of the uh, one of the receivers. I can't remember if it was Palmer or Johnston. They they aren't having like a great off season right now, like dropping balls. I think it was Johnston. Yeah. So, so I think you know Davis could maybe get some playing time if that continues to happen as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, your green flag, Matt, for the Chargers. I think it's Quentin Johnston. Okay. I mean, he- might have some issues right now. I don't think that was a big red flag coming out of uh, college for him. Um, I think he's going to be a great addition to that wide receiver room and open up the field even more. I, I think that's uh, I think that's huge getting a, a third weapon because you know Mike Williams is going to jump 900 feet in the air and land on his head again. <laughs> It's just what he does. He's an incredible athlete, but he has a hard time landing on his feet. <laughs> yeah, he's just one really phenomenal play away from being done for the season. It's it's yeah. true. Yeah. And remember, like, 
Chase, uh, Jamar Chase was having catch catching the ball issues the year that he got drafted. And everybody was really concerned about that. Then the regular season started. Now he's like a top five wide receiver. So just because he's having a rough camp or he's dropping balls right now, doesn't mean that's going to tr- translate into um, him doing that during the regular season. Um, but it is something to keep an eye on. That's for sure. Um I did like to pick when it happened too. Like I liked a draft night. It just seems like now, now it's not looking so good, but we'll see what happens the regular season. Uh, green flag for me was the fact that their defense is healthy. And if their defense can just be, you know, you say, you say 20 for the Raiders, that'd be great. A top 20. If, if the chargers can get to like a top 15 defense, which means it's that only improved by like six spots, Bosa being healthy all season will help that. Um, and, and hopefully during Dur- James as well, if he could stay healthy all season, because he missed a handful of weeks last year too. Uh, I think that can help. And as long as the defense can be healthy, relatively healthy, I think that's going to help the chargers, you know, get where they want to go, you know, and, and with the Calamore ad. So my big green flag is like, Hey, we're healthy. Let's show this, these guys what they were one of the best passing defenses last year. So now they just got to get to the quarterback with Bosa healthy. I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, so I, I'm really excited for that side of the ball for the Chargers. Yeah, that's, uh, that is, I agree. Mm-hmm. What about a red flag? Give me a red flag that you have, uh, Tyler. Still run defense. Uh, like you said, they had good passing defense last year, but run defense, they just got killed there i think they were one of the worst teams i don't i forget what i saw oh it's like over 120 or maybe 140 yards rushing per game that ran on them and that's that's where they would lose it and so i kendrick's is a great signing but they did lose tranquil i mean mm-hmm. so you just replaced one guy who was doing pretty good with another guy who's gonna do hopefully at least as well if not better but i hope to see more progress in the run defense. That's my red flag. That's a good one. How about you, Matt? Same exact boy. It's like we watch these teams a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I loved watching Josh Jacobs just run right through <laughs> the Chargers defense the past two years. So I mean, yeah, run defense. You you have to take and take the ball away. That kills drives. I mean, it kills the, the clock, which keep Herbert off the field. People love to run. That's one a great way to succeed is so stop the run make these teams pass i'm glad you avoided that last season (laughs) at least someone got to be happy (laughs) i loved it um so along that line i i agree with you guys 100 but i'm gonna i'm gonna add um this isn't gonna be a red flag but it's sort of orange flag is brandon staley he came in as a defensive coordinator the defense still hasn't been that good, especially like you guys mentioned, run run stopping the ball. Uh, again, uh, maybe your talent requires you to be less aggressive to help your defense, right? But he's not he's not really adjusting to that, um, which again is a red flag. If I'm going to knock Josh McDaniels for it, I got to knock every other coach for doing it as well. So I just want to see him. And and for, for whatever reason, I don't know if the Chargers are like a cursed organization. Obviously, we don't believe in that. But they find themselves in the most weirdest situations, losing the most weirdest games. How you lose up 27 to zero uh, 
I just like, you can't even get a field goal. Like you can't score. Like, I just don't get it. I just don't understand that. That's coaching to me. Like that's partly coaching. You got out coached in the second half and you got destroyed. I don't understand how you weren't able to get like one more stop or uh, another touchdown after putting 27 points. That's on coaching. Uh, he, uh, this is now to be fair to him. It is his third season. I usually give coaches about three seasons before I make rendered judgment. Most of the time, uh, he's 19 and 16. Those, those, the two seasons prior, but it's an orange flag, Brandon Staley. I want to see some improvement on that side. uh, As far as coaching goes, I mean, especially on the defensive side of the ball with that, that run running, stopping the run. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm hoping maybe last season's early playoff exit will help. Uh, the thing I like about Staley is he does seem to try and learn from his mistakes. So perhaps that will benefit him this season. Yeah. The only, only thing I can think of though, is like, I like look what happened to the Falcons when they had a huge lead and, you know, I mean, granted it was the super Bowl. They were up 28 to three and then they lost it. And, and, and Dan Quinn could never get his team back. I don't know if like it just I guess it just depends on the mindset of the team or the coach. I'm not sure. But that team, the Falcons team, you think would have been back again because they were a really good team and they just never got back there again. And and I'm just hoping that that didn't deflate the Chargers to the point where it's hard to recover from that. We'll see. Uh, but I want to see something for Brandon Staley, a little better coaching. Let, let's get the ball in the end zone. Let's not be aggressive all the time and put your defense in tough situations. Let's not always be aggressive and put your offense in tough situations. Let's be a little bit more moderate and figure out how we can win games and not how we can get, make splash plays. That's what I'd like to see. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind if it deflating them a little bit. <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't. Okay. Let's do fantasy go-tos. What do you got for fantasy go-tos? Um, uh, Tyler. Yeah. It's gotta be Eckler. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't, I don't like, I feel like historically he shouldn't have as good of a year this year based off of how previous running backs tend to trend. He's, you know, he's getting a little bit older, but I mean, I'm, I'm going for him. He's in my, I'm keeping him on my, on my fantasy team. That's for sure. He's my keeper. Yeah, that's not a bad one. How about you, Matt? A traditional league. I would say Austin Eckler, super flex. I would go uh, Herbert. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I put Keenan Allen down. He's so underrated. PP, if you're playing, especially PPR, like he's like, he's kind of the guy that everybody like every year we've seen him so much that somebody will draft him and be like, Oh, that's cool. But he like puts up numbers. Like when, when he's healthy, he puts up numbers. So I put Keenan Allen because he's not going like super high. Um, he gets a lot of catches. Um, and I think that like, we've talked about uh, Kellen Moore changing that offense. I think that's going to uh, uh, benefit Keenan Allen as well in a big way. So uh, watch yeah. out for him. What's that? Yeah, I think you're right. And I think actually Kellen Moore, that might actually damage Eckler's fantasy production. Yeah. I think, I think Matt hit it though. If it's a, if it's a traditional league, right. You might want Eckler because he's going to be one of the only starting running backs that you can count on. He'll get a ton of touches and catches. Uh, but if you're doing like a you know PPR or whatever, it might not be the guy you want as much. Even though I know Eckler will catch the ball, it, you probably want the receivers because it sounds like more likes to go downfield more. So it's gonna you know avoid like not throwing it to the running back all the time. You know, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Uh, okay, let's predict. Let's predict uh, the over under for the Chargers is 
nine and a half wins. What do you got him, Tyler? I uh, have him going 11 and six, getting a wild card. They're not going to win the division. And then they win week one. And from there, when they win the Super Bowl, that's all just extra credit. When they win the Super Bowl, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> what do you got, Matt? I have them going over, and I have them at 12 and five. Mm. Uh, wild card. Um, and I didn't do the math on all these. With all these are actually possible, but, but that's fine. I didn't either. Right around there, I definitely think they're they're going over nine wins. Yeah. Uh, but yes, they will still go out round one. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Probably to the Jaguars. Oh, but this time, th- this time they'll be up thirty-four to nothing. And no, I'm just kidding. Um, if anyone's going to do it, the Chargers would do that. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's so weird. It's just a. It's a funky situation with them. I don't understand how they lose some of these games. Uh, I have them going over as well. Uh, 10, 10, 10, 11 wins. I think, um, I, I think they get to the wild, a wild card. And I think that they'll, um, I don't know. It depends who they play. I think the AFC is so hard. It's going to be rock, paper, scissors. You got, you got Burrow, you got Allen, you got Lamar Jackson, you got Herbert, you got all the, like, there's so many, you just might get the wrong team. You know, it could happen. So, uh, I just, I, I'm not going to commit to whether they're going to win or lose in the first round. I want to see who they play, but I think they definitely get to the playoffs. I think they're a wild card this coming year. Um, okay. Real quick. Just tell me, uh, I, I didn't prep you guys for this, but maybe you can go off your heads. How, how do you think the p- division plays out Tyler in order, uh, from first to worst in, in the division? Um, chiefs, chargers, Broncos, Raiders. Okay, Matt, what do you got? It's funny. That's what everyone said last year, too. Um, <laughs> it is. He's not lying. It is what everybody said last year. It, I, I have it going Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. Okay, okay. Uh, I have um, Chiefs, Chargers. Ah, I think the Raiders and Broncos are going to be about the same. I think Sean Payton, I'll talk about this in a podcast, but Sean Payton hiring is a little bit overrated. Um, my friend, I talked to Clint, uh, who, who does the podcast with me. He kind of convinced me of that. He's basically Mike McCarthy, just throwing that out there. He's got a little bit better of a mind, but you go look at his records. It's, it's not like he's been awesome all the time, but anyway, different podcast. Um, I can't decide between the Raiders and the Broncos. So guess what? Because I'm going to be in the back half of this podcast, I can hold. I can hold, and I will reveal that at the back uh, end of this podcast when I talk to the Broncos and Chiefs fan. But um, I definitely think Chiefs are one and and Chargers are two. Um, Let's do our final thoughts. Uh, What's uh, Matt, let's start with you on this. Most confident prediction. What's your most confident prediction when it comes to anything in this division? (laughs) The Chiefs win it. Oh, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. Chiefs win it. I mean, that's what I would uh, put all 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 my chips in if I if I gamble here in Nevada. That's fair. That's fair. And, how about you? How about you, Tyler? Well, I don't want to repeat. So, my, I'm the most confident that Josh McDaniels is going to do a terrible job and get fired. Okay. That's, okay. That's, I I like it. There, there's a lot of shots being fired here. I like it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt. I really am. <laughs> that's, well, right, that's good. That's good. I like it. All that's going to happen is next year when we do this again 
and you two are on either Tyler, you're going to be like, I told you so, Matt, or Matt, you're going to be like, I told you so, Tyler. That's all that's going to happen. Matt's not going to show up. He's like, I'm out. I'm out. Uh, okay. What about least? Let's start with you on this one, uh, Tyler. Least confident. What are, what prediction that you have that you're kind of like least confident in? So, well, I think the Chargers will do good enough to get a wild card, but I'm actually least confident in the very fact that they'll do that. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised also if they do really terrible and they only get like maybe six or seven wins. I don't think that, but I'm just, I'm just not confident that they're going to, that they're going to do what I think they're going to do this year. Like, yeah. Like uh charger, they'll charger all year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matt, what about you? Least confident. I'm least confident in the Raiders defense that it can improve. I'm hmm. hopeful. But I'm I'm least confident. Gotcha. That. Yeah. Um, for your sake, I hope you're right. Just so we're clear, you know, because there's been a lot of uh, shots going the Raiders way in this podcast. <laughs> I'm like, I want him to come back. So I do hope for your sake, the Raiders improve. But um, I'm used to it. I'm, I've been a Raiders okay. fan my whole life. I'm used <laughs> to the shots. That's fair. That's fair. OK, dark horse prediction, Matt. Do you have a dark horse prediction for this division? Raiders make the playoffs. That's a dark horse prediction. Okay. What about you, Tyler? Um, that the Broncos do well. Russell Wilson's career turns around right here and he's like revives. Okay. Okay. I like it. Okay. Well, guys, thanks a lot for joining me. That's it. That's previewing the uh, Broncos and the, I mean, not Broncos, the Chargers and the Raiders. Any, any final thoughts before we go? Last words. Aiden O'Connell has looked good in the preseason. I know it's mm. just preseason, but he's looked extremely accurate and poised. Uh, the third the third string quarter? Yeah, did not expect that from the fourth round pick. Didn't know what to expect. Thought it was a wasted pick. I don't know. Yeah. Hey. Go ahead, Tyler. No, I was saying, hey, you never know. I mean, Dak Prescott, he was picked in the third round, and he ended up winning the job. Well, he didn't win the job. Romo got injured, but... He, he kept the job mm-hmm. and Russell Wilson too. He was a third round pick. He won the job. And, and you know, like in the fourth round of me, like to take a flyer on a quarterback, you might like that you see potential. in. I don't think that's that bad of a pick. I, I just don't, I just, I don't I, like, I don't understand why more teams don't do it actually, but uh, he's just shown a solid, a good, strong arm and his accuracy so far. I know it's just preseason, but you see a lot of horrible quarterbacks. I watched Stanford. Was it Stedford Bennett last night for the Rams? Played oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked like hot garbage. Sorry. <laughs> so it, was, it was, you know, hopeful wanting a long-term possible solution. You know, you got to be hopeful somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we might see him this year if Garoppolo gets injured. Uh, any any final, final words for you, Tyler? No, go Chargers. Go Chargers. Hopefully it's a good season. Yeah, I'm 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 hopeful for both of you. Well, thank you both for joining me. We'll talk to you guys real soon. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. We'll see ya. Uh, we are going to continue with the preview of the AFC West. We're gonna um talk about the Denver Broncos and we're gonna talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and to do that with me, we have Jason back. Jason, how's it going? Going good. Glad to be back. Yeah, how you feeling about Broncos this year? Oh, it's got to be better than last year. Can't get any worse. That was uh, <laughs> that was hard to watch. 
that's that's fair that's fair uh and uh first timer with us uh a cheese fan uh we have travis travis how's it going it's going good good to be here thanks for having me on yeah thanks for coming on so since it's your first time on the podcast uh you have to tell us why you became a cheese fan uh family heirloom how about that that's a good answer (laughs) you you grew up in the area and uh you just kind of inherit the team, even though it was not pleasant being a Chiefs fan growing up for the most part. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of how life goes, right? That's almost all of our DNA or all of our teams are like that. You know, it's just who we inherited from our families. That, that's fair. Um, but you're 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 happy you stuck with them now, right? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, that's, <laughs> that's saying, that's not saying a lot, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you deserve it. Um, Who's your favorite chief, chief of all time? Ooh, well, that's, that's a tough one, right? Uh, it's gotta be Patrick Mahomes. Already. Uh, okay. uh, you know, I mean, I'm, so, I, I'm sorry. I mean, we had Jamal Charles back in the day, Tony yep. Gonzalez. I mean, you know, Tony Gonzalez is a hall of famer, but, and then, I mean, for things that I grew up with, you know, I hear stories from, I'm not that old, you know, the late sixties, the Hank Stram <laughs> years, but I mean, Patrick changed the franchise. Oh, for uh, sure. And that's, I, I don't know another Chiefs fan that he can't be number one or number two or three, I would say on their, on their top all time list. So sorry, just. <laughs> no, that's fair. It's fair. Yeah. I would, I would have the same answer if I were you. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's first uh, we're going to do an overview of the division. So I did this with Matt and Tyler. So that was our Raiders and Chiefs fan. You guys are going to hear that in the first part of this podcast. Um, but uh, we're going to do that with these two guys to see how they line up with Matt, myself and Tyler. So let's rank the quarterbacks first. And maybe we'll start with you, uh, Jason. Do you want to give us the order of uh, how you have the quarterbacks rated in this division? Oh yeah, sure. No problem. Um, definitely not going to sit here and put the Broncos at the top of the list on everything. So you know, I'll be fair. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Especially after the way Russ was uh, playing last year. But uh, yeah, I have, of course, uh, Patrick Mahomes there, number one. I don't think there's uh, much argument there. Um, and Justin Herbert, Chargers, you know, number two. Um, and Russell Wilson, I do have at three. And Jimmy uh, Garoppolo coming in at, at uh, number four. Um, overall, I think it's also about the performance that, you know, I think Jimmy G will have with the, the team around him, not necessarily just his talent. I mean, you know, put him, switch the team, switch the quarterbacks and the teams, and there might not be too much difference in the win loss column really between the Broncos and the the Raiders, the way that they've been playing, but, um, that's where I've got them ranked. Yeah. I like it. That's the exact ranking I have. How about you, Travis? Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, yeah, obviously Patrick and then. Uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, my thing is with with Jimmy G. As long as as long as Wilson doesn't have another twenty two, then you know they could be flipped in there. I I I just think there's way more talent around uh, on the Broncos with Russell Wilson than there is in Las Vegas for sure. Okay, well that's actually what we're going to talk about next, especially the skill position players. 
Um, but I will tell you this, uh, Travis, when you listen to the podcast, you'll be proud of me. I have been a big Patrick Mahomes supporter since he's come out of college. Uh, and somebody on the uh, first half of the podcast tried to, you know, say like Herbert's, you know, like I'm like, don't even that's that's sacrilegious. We're not talking about it. So when you listen to it, you'll you'll see who does it. And uh, you can give them a little bit of a uh, slack for that. Yeah, I, I all I can say is I hope you brought up 27 to, to zero on him that's all oh. I say. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair okay let's uh do the skill positions uh so this is just like by team when you put all the skill position players together who has in your mind the best set of skill position players so let's start this time with travis how do you have that ordered well would you believe it or not even though i am a die in the world chiefs fan i really think the most talent when it comes to the skill positions in the division is the chargers i i really do and there's so much talent uh with the re- wide receiving core they don't i don't like their tight end that much and but they have eichler and or eckler i can't pronounce names today uh, <laughs> they you know they've got you know uh, williams they've got allen they they've got a lot of great talent there i think that's just why i put them number one uh, second, I picked the Chiefs. I put the Chiefs there. Um, obviously, Kelsey. You've got what I like to say is a bunch of number two receivers. There's not a true number one wide receiver there. And Pacheco is a great runner. And then, of course, number three in the division, I, I think the Broncos. And then there's a a pretty big drop off to the Raiders from the Broncos, in, in my view. Okay. Okay. Uh, what What do you say, Jason? I actually have the Chiefs at number one. Uh, you know, I know, I mean, if you look at it, maybe position by position, you know, maybe the running back is a little bit better on the Chargers. But other than that, I mean, you know, uh, Keenan Allen's getting a little bit older. Uh, I, I feel like the Chiefs have, you know, a really good young receiving core that you know, I'm, I'm really excited about Sky Moore. Um, I uh, drafted him on one of my dynasty teams and hoping he breaks out with that. <laughs> Uh, Kadarius Tony, you know, he's, I mean, you know, injury questions there, but I mean, the guy is another, just electric guy and, uh, Pacheco. I mean, I really like, um, really like all their, uh, skill positions that they have. And of course, you know, not, not mentioning Kelsey just cause that one's obvious, but, um, yeah, I do have the chiefs at number one, uh, chargers at number two, um, and Broncos number three. And, uh, I agree the Raiders pretty distant. Uh, fourth. I mean, all I really have is Devonte Adams, especially with since they let Waller go. So, okay, yeah. So it's it's interesting because like I was doing a preview for the uh, the North last night, and uh, we were talking about uh, you know someone had the Vikings at one, and I had like the the Bears at one because if you look at like the totality of, I just thought there was more weapons on the field for. Um, the the bears that's a tease by the way so you gotta go listen to that and, and somebody like the vikings the best because it's like well they have justin jefferson and he's like better than anyone so it's sort of interesting how we judge the skill position players like tight end wide receiver running back because to me and you'll hear it in the first part of the podcast we don't have to uh talk about it for too long but i had the raiders number one so here, here's why okay you got Devonte adams i like jacoby myers i'm i'm a dolphins fan I, I, you know, I think he was one of the best receivers on the Patriots. They didn't have an offensive coordinator last year, so you can't really take a lot of what happened last year. 
Renfro is a really good slot receiver. I really like him as a safety blanket. Austin Hooper is not a bad tight end. Uh, and, and if you're going to be weak anywhere, tight end position is, is where you want to be weak. And then Josh Jacobs is probably the best running back in the division, right? When, you know, I like Eckler, but but I think uh, Josh Jacobs is a better runner of the football than Eckler. So to me, I, I was like, oh, the Raiders, I couldn't believe how good that their skilled position players are. And so I went, um, I went Raiders and then the Broncos and Chargers, I could flip either way. I, lo- I love the receiver combos of each one of them. Uh, and then the Chiefs I had, um last only because other than Kelsey I just there's a lot of unknown with them so so some so like for for you guys it's like projecting like these young wide receivers I think are going to be really good to me going into the season I'm a little nervous because you need a couple of those guys to sort of uh uh become better you know like Sky Moore you want to see more from Sky Moore they drafted that guy uh, in the second round that wide receiver maybe he'll he'll burst onto the scene uh, Isaiah Pacheco. I love him. I've drafted him last year. Uh, c- can we get a little bit more consistent and him be consistent as that number one back? So to me, I had uh, uh, Raiders. I think I had Raiders, Chargers, Broncos, and I can flip the the two middle ones either way. And then the Chiefs last. Wow. Yeah. Interesting take. I, I can see where you're coming from. <laughs> I mean, if you think more about, you know, the Raiders having, you know, if you, if you look at um Devante and Josh Jacobs you know they you could argue they have the best wide receiver and the best running back in the division you know based on uh history and what they've done so far um I wasn't a big believer in Jacobs last year and I, I don't know I'm feeling like it was a, a one-year okay uh, fluke but we'll see you know you could be right it was a yeah, big fluke could, I mean he yeah. was awesome <laughs> yeah and I would the reason why I question that is Jimmy G throws the ball 10 yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has, and, and let's face it, Devontae Adams, to utilize him properly, you need to, you need to push the ball down the field, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and, and yes, Renfro is a great slot receiver, uh, but Jimmy, Jimmy G needs a tight end. He needs basically the same set of, that he had in San Francisco, but I, I just... I mean, I feel bad for Devontae Adams. He's going to have to catch things, you know, quick slants and stuff in order to get the ball, I think. Yeah, it's it's sort of like if I put Justin Herbert onto the Raiders, like I just think those weapons would be better utilized, right? Like, and then you'd be like, oh, those weapons are really oh, good. Yeah. Or Patrick Mahomes, same thing. So it, again, it's just interesting how we look at it differently because you're like, yeah. hey, Jimmy G ain't going to be be able to <laughs> utilize those weapons the way you need them to be utilized, which I actually agree with that point, so that you know good point okay any other uh takes on the skill positions before we get into the defense we good on that we, okay yeah okay i'm glad i could shock you guys now now travis is like who is that who am i talking to right <laughs> what now? The world? <laughs> yeah, yeah what are we doing it's, it's bold predictions <laughs> yeah yeah okay let's do the defensive side of the ball um Let's uh let's get Jason. We'll let you start on this. How do you have the defense uh ranked in the division? Now when I do have the Broncos number one there, I really feel like, you know, they're very talented. It's a shame they've been uh wasting the defense the last two years. Oh yeah. Uh, definitely a Super Bowl caliber defense, but the uh offense just hasn't been there. Um I like what the Chargers have done, you know, the way they've built the talent up and um adding uh, Khalil Mack. So I, I like what the Chargers have done. So I have them at number two. Um, the Chiefs uh, at number three, you know, they, they were really young last year, um, but still 
uh, stepped up when they needed to. And, um, you know, it should be better than they were last year, this year with the uh, experience. And then um, the Raiders uh, last. Now I have the exact same thing there too, as well. So no surprise there. What about you, Travis? I, I, I have the same exact thing too. And, and I agree. I mean, it it's sad, you know, when you play the Broncos, that defense is, is really good. I think, and I do think they're better than the Chargers. I think the Chargers are actually underperforming. Uh, the Chiefs, there's two things about the Chiefs that just by watching here recently is, number one, you're right. I mean, super young, and they're even younger this year. Who knows if Chris Jones will play in the first uh, eight weeks? I think that's a huge, huge problem. And one thing is, as a fan of the Chiefs, I've noticed that Spagnola's defenses take about eight weeks before – they start going. <laughs> so uh, they take their lumps. I mean, like on paper, it looks in the first half of the year, it always looks bad. So, and so, yeah, but I, I agree though with that, that order. And I, I think, I don't really know what the Raiders are doing draft wise. So yeah, they're back seven. Yeah. yeah. They're back sevens rough. Like I like their pass rush, but like, I don't think they'll be able to cuff anyone is my problem going into the season. Yeah. yeah Matt's a little bit more, um, bullish on the Raiders but uh I just like well he's you got to be optimistic about it so right. that's fair um but yeah no, I, I mean as a Chiefs fan I love their back seven I really yeah love it. exactly I mean, it's that's <laughs> just uh you know open it's, season yeah. you know sky trees back there <laughs> sky more is gonna look really good <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> okay guys you ready to preview the teams ready sure. Okay, let's do it. Okay, we're going to start with the Denver Broncos. So last year they finished last in the division. They went 7-10. and 10. Uh, Offense, uh, they were ranked 21st. And I did uh, uh, by points scored and points against because I think that's what mattered mo- you know, matters most in the NFL, obviously. Defense, 14th, uh, but that's partly because of how bad the offense was, putting them in bad positions. Uh, so let's start with you, Jason. Favorite move that your Broncos made this offseason? Well, the biggest news probably in the NFL, getting uh, Sean Payton uh, to come on over. Uh, you know, it was a steep price, you know, cost him a, a first rounder uh, and then uh, also a second and a third next year. So, you know, it's a pretty steep price that they paid to to add him. But, I mean, they, they had to do something. What they've been doing uh, and just, just has not been working. Uh, so I, I like the move. Um, you know, their first round picks have been thrown away anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, may as well get a coach maybe get a coach in there to to do something yeah okay uh that's a that's a good one that's a fair one uh what, what about you travis you have one for the broncos favorite move uh well i don't you know i have such a bias that's the problem here um i mean as a sports fan it's the one that i you know hated the most is them getting competent coaching i mean to go get sean payton it's like you know, as a Chiefs fan, that stinks because they're like I've said, there's a lot of talent on that team and they have been underperforming. And now they go get a guy that can do it. So as if you're a Broncos fan, I, I agree with Jason. I mean, you you pay the price. You've already paid the price for for what you traded for for Russell Wilson. Um, but uh, as my favorite other move is the Broncos didn't use their limited draft capital to go draft a quarterback in case Russell Wilson uh, doesn't return to form. So uh, it's kind of a two-edged sword for me. Yeah, 
uh, I'll admit I'm biased against the Broncos. Sorry, Jason, but yeah. Well, you should be. You're 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 yeah, a Chiefs right. fan. Come on. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's Sean Payton. As soon as I heard that news, I'm like, well, that stinks. Yeah. You know, I mean, come on. You know, go to the NFC or do something else. <laughs> not there. <laughs> I, I really think he was hoping the Chargers job opened up you know, to get Justin Herbert. But once that didn't open up, yeah, the, the Broncos um, kind of was like, Hey, we got a lot of money. You want to, you want to yeah. come here? Yeah. And I, that's my favorite move as well. Um, now he has been a, he has coached a, a top 10 offense since 2011 to, you know, since his last year of coaching his last year, he did finish outside the top 10, but you remember, I think that was the year Jameis Winston was their starting quarterback instead of Drew Brees. Um, there was a couple years in the middle there where he had Drew Brees that they went seven and nine, three years in a row. Uh, so, you know, obviously his offenses are always great. It's the defense that is always kind of up and down, up and down. So you got to hope that um, with, I, I think Vance Joseph, right? That's their defense coordinator, that he will be able to implement his defense. And I like him as a defense coordinator, uh, that he'll implement his defense because it's almost a sure thing that Sean Payton will have uh, once his offense is set he'll have a top 10 offense because he's, he's that good of an offensive minded coach. Do you think that, uh, how, how do you think he's going to do out in the environment as in the cold, you know, he mm -hmm. played in a, I mean, he was a coaching in a, in a dome with, you know, a track meet, if you right. will. So not that I don't think he can, because he comes from that bill Parcells coaching tree. I, I'm just, that's one of the things that I'm interested to see is once the weather gets cold in Denver, you know, how's he going to adapt to it? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Cause everything, right. When you're playing on the grass, the conditions all get worse. Um, whereas a dome, like you said, controlled environment. So yeah, I mean, seeing how, see how he adjusts his, uh, play calling to, you know, to those conditions, you know, especially if it's winds up being, um, snowy, rainy, windy, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do want to shout out, uh, P Ryan. I do like that signing as well. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan, um, just real quick, but, and, and the other thing with Sean Payton, that, that sort of like a little bit of a concern for me is like, it's easy to have a top 10 quarterback when your quarterback's Drew Brees, right? It's like if Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is your quarterback or Patrick Mahomes, or, you know, like when you have an all time quarterback, it's really easy to have a top 10 offense. So it's going to be interesting to see how he, uh, adapts to Russell, uh, Wilson, what he's able to do and what he, 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 uh, how he, uh, games plans with that guy as his quarterback, because we know Wilson has the potential to be a top 10 quarterback, but can he get that out of him? That's going to be the interesting thing to uh, see for me. Yeah. Cause I felt like he, they did underachieve a little bit, you know, in New Orleans. I, I felt like, you know, mm -hmm. that there was that one year where they had the bad call against the Rams where they should have went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Definitely would have beat that Patriots team because they could not move the ball. Uh, Saints would have destroyed them. Um, so I mean, if there's probably two more Super Bowls that were left on the table, uh, with Sean Payton, yeah, good point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's like a game, like of inches, right? One call changes everything. Um, now that 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 was so that was unfortunate for, <laughs> for the Saints, uh, had to bring that up, huh? <laughs> sorry, Saints. Saint, yeah, if, if you're a Saint fan listening, sorry. <laughs> okay, let's move. Let's do our least favorite move. Uh, what was your least favorite move that the Broncos made this offseason, uh, Jason? The um, signing, you know, some people were excited about the money they spent. You know, they spent the second most um, amount of money in, in free agency, but 
you know, they they overspent a little bit. Maybe they had to to get people to come to Denver. But um, I was just looking at what uh, they paid Mike McGlinchey, you know, to uh, to get him to to come over from the 49ers. Um, and uh, then they also got Ben Powers over from Baltimore. Felt like, you know, moves like that. And I think they were necessary because the offensive line was terrible. But um, just looking at a comparison, um, you know, looking at pro football focus and their ratings on a similar right tackle, the Falcons signed uh, Caleb McGarry um, to a three-year $34.5 million deal, whereas um, the Broncos spent uh, quite a bit more than that. Um, had it in front of me, and I can't seem to find it right now. I think it's like four years, $80 million or something like that quite a bit more than uh, what the Falcons had paid there. So, you know, again, they might've had to, you know, to get people to lure them to, to a team that's uh, that had such a bad season, but that was my least, least favorite move. Yeah. Some of the moves seemed a little desperate almost like you're, you're probably right to get them there. They might've had them uh, had to pay that much, but it did seem a bit desperate. Some of the money that they did end up spending. Uh, Travis, what about you? What was your least favorite move the Broncos made? You know, it's funny is that, that uh, Jason brought that up. I was wondering about their offensive line because I was checking it the other day and I didn't realize that every t- for almost every nine times Russell Wilson dropped back, he was sacked. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and compared to like, uh, I think I was what I have it here. Uh, Mahomes was t- every 25 times and every, and every 18 times was Justin Her- Herbert. So I thought, you know, that's a problem. And I, uh, you know, if I was a Broncos fan, I mean, they did, sign at least one new offensive lineman but is it i guess it's one of those things like is is that a real problem or is that russell wilson getting into trouble you know um yeah that would be my concern i guess that if they spent a lot of money especially yeah it was tough to tell what was going on last year was the offensive (laughs) problem was russell wilson loss was a coaching staff (laughs) loss maybe all three (laughs) right yeah no, and and if he was and if he was hearing foot you know footsteps you know towards the end of the season, right. he's running into sacks too. So, uh, I I only really saw like two or three games of the Broncos last year, and uh, yeah, yeah, their timing routes were way off, and it might have been you know partly offensive line issues. Um, so they did make some attempts this off season to to bolster it. Yeah, yeah, and, and Nathaniel Hackett, you know. I think the Broncos thought they were going to get Rodgers and like Hackett's Hackett's offense is all about like timing and rhythm. And like, I don't think that's Russell Wilson's cup of tea. So he didn't adjust his offense to his quarterback. And I think that hurt Wilson as well. He he probably held on to the ball a couple of times way too long. Uh, and, And that also made the numbers look a little bigger than what Maybe the offense, maybe the offensive line wasn't as bad as yeah. as the stats show. It was a little bit of both. And I think that was one of the issues in Seattle. I think the coaching staff there would get frustrated with Russ because he would kind of go off and freelance, do his own thing. And um, you know, the the way the offense was built here in Denver, plus, you know, they didn't even really play much in the preseason, hardly at all, um, last year. I thought that was a weird move by the coaching staff as well. Uh so that yeah, they just never could get on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a signing too that I didn't care for from the bottom of the Zach Allen, the defensive end, um, three years for 45 million, something like that. Uh, his market value was three years, 27. That's, that's what I read. He's the 11th highest paid defensive end right now. Um, he did not, he hasn't had a season. He's been in the league for four years. Hasn't had a season over six sacks. 
so that's a lot of money for somebody who doesn't pressure the quarterback a whole lot, you know, like get to the quarterback a whole lot. So that, that I didn't, and I understand they were kind of desperate for some defensive ends. They, you know, they traded Chubb and uh, they lost another end, but um, yeah, that's just not, in my opinion, not a good signing uh, for that money that they paid. Yeah, the, it makes no sense that you would trade Chubb and then turn right around and spend a bunch of money for a guy that's not nearly as talented. It, it makes no sense. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, Sean Payton wasn't there, but he's kind of just adding to the problem with with bringing, bringing that guy in. Okay. Uh, biggest green flag for you, uh, Jason, when it comes to the Broncos. Oh, I love seeing uh, Javante Williams, you know, recovering from that ACL and get some uh, snaps in uh, in that preseason game recently. Uh, that was really exciting. Um, you know, super electric player. Hated to see him go down like that, but uh, looks like the recovery is going well. So um, that was uh, the biggest thing I saw, you know, good vibes coming, uh, coming off of uh, seeing that. And I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's that's good. I, I hope he he has a good recovery. Uh, I was listening to some uh, sports talk uh, talk about how it might be like a two year, like this year it will be kind of like a, you know, let's get back into shape type year. Next year we'll see him at his, you know, his what he could have been, what everybody was excited to see him become. Uh, so I'm I'm ten, t- uh, tempering my expectations for him this year just because of how gruesome of an injury it was for him. So uh, hopefully he he can be the guy he was supposed to be this year, but hopefully next year for sure. Um, Travis, what about you? What's your biggest green flag for the um, Broncos? That no matter what their defense will be good again. And they've <laughs> added, they've added some pieces. Um, like one of the signings that they got from the chiefs here recently, Frank Clark mm-hmm. has not played well, you know, relatively speaking during the, during the regular season, but his leadership in that locker room, when it comes to the big games and the big moments, uh, unfortunately is probably going to make an influence. I would think in that locker room um, because I could tell you in the last four or three years, four years, whatever we've been watching him. Yeah. He's been invisible, big game, regular season, big game. He shows up playoff game shows up, Super Bowl shows up. And so that influence I, to me is, I think is really unfortunate that that's the, what the Broncos are going to get on their defensive side. So even if Russell Wilson has a 2022 year again, that defense is going to be really good. Yeah, yeah, I hope uh, he, he mentors Randy Gregory a little bit. You know, we were excited to sign him last year, but, you know, didn't meet meet expectations. You know, he's out a few games too, but um, hopefully with uh, Frank Clark there, maybe you can uh, teach him some stuff. That, that'd be nice, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, he was doing it last year, like in, in um, whatever, why, my, I just lost my, my thought, the summer training camp. He was teaching like all the rookies, the same techniques taking an hour or two after each practice. And it, it had made a huge influence or impact on like Carl office and a few other guys on that defensive line. So yeah, you're getting a guy that's, that's kind of a player coach. And that'll be nice. Right. Uh, so, and I agree. I think the defense is still going to be good. Um, uh, my green flag, different atmosphere uh, from last season. And you kind of <laughs> need that, right? Like, yeah. The vibes are better. 
you know, it, it sounds like, you know, even I, I again was listening to uh, another sports radio show and they talked about how Russell Wilson's down 15 pounds. He's more agile. He got into sh- more, better shape coming into the season, um, which I think is good. So just the different atmosphere, you got like a, a adult in the room. And I'm not saying, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, my biggest fear was the fact that he had Aaron Rodgers. Like it's easy to be a great offensive coordinator when you have an all-time great. And that's always a red flag for me when a coach gets hired based off of how great an offense is with a Hall of Fame quarterback. So now you have a coach, you know, that has done it before and he's putting, you know, his stamp on the team and you can kind of feel it this off season, which I kind of think that's going to be good for the Broncos moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. So everything I've read, it's a complete culture change since Sean Payton's come aboard, you know, just, uh, so it sounds like everybody's, you know, moving in a much better direction uh, than they were last year. You know what I mean? It's a bad sign when in week two, you hire somebody just to manage the clock. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah well, we, we should be shown the door right now. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> right. Was it, uh, That was after that uh, Monday night yeah. game where Peyton was on there calling 60 timeout 64 times or something. They counted. Yeah, <laughs> that's great okay let's go to red flag uh what, what's your uh red flag for the broncos uh jason well I, you know i hate to see uh you know injuries happen in the pre in the uh, preseason sometimes and in this case you know we've lost uh tim patrick again mm-hmm. uh it's horrible and then uh you know kj hamler who you know he's not uh getting a prominent role but he's a good you know slot guy that can come in and be explosive and you know he's he's uh, out too with a medical condition uh this year hoping to uh recover from it but he's not coming back this year so that was the the red flag i saw as the receiver room did take a big hit yeah it was one of the most exciting part about the broncos right like that their receiving was group was young and and there was a lot of potential and now we you have to almost wait another year just to see how that flourishes. Um, you still got Sutton and Judy though. So that's, that's a positive. Uh, Travis, what, what's your red flag for the uh, Broncos? Uh, two things. Of course, I'm still not convinced that Russell Wilson is the Russell Wilson of old. And that's, I think that goes without saying the other thing too is, and it, and it really kind of affects all AFC West teams this year is have you looked at who they're scheduled to play? They're playing like the other two toughest divisions, the AFC East and the NFC North. And so if these teams stumble out the, the gate, especially the Broncos, they could get themselves behind the proverbial eight ball real quick. And that, that I think is a red flag, at least for me, for like the Broncos, especially if they're a new system and, you know, Russell Wilson's trying to get on the same page with Sean Payton. So, uh, you know, patience would be my <laughs> my suggestion yeah yeah it might be it might, they might end up i'm not predicting this right now but they could end up seven and ten again but it could be a better seven and ten than it was last year right, right. like Absolutely. you just gotta yeah. you gotta let the system play and give give the coaches time um which kind of goes to my red flag i like vance joseph i think he's a really good defensive coordinator but my my thing was the change at defensive coordinator necessary like, could could you have found a way to keep your defense coordinator about, you know, how good they were? The players knew the system already. Could you have just added some talent, keep that defense coordinator in there? Um, uh, it's a little bit of a nitpick. And then and then you would at least have the defensive side, this defensive system already set going into the season. 
Uh, so that that was sort of my red flag. It would have kind of been nice to have consistency on that side of the ball and just have Sean Payton come and just like get the offense moving. I think that could have been a better start to the season for the Broncos than totally changing everything. Uh, but I do like Vance Joseph. I think he'll put his uh, system in place and it'll eventually be good, but I think it will take time. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, fantasy go-to, Jason. Who's your fantasy go-to for the Broncos? Um, I mean, I know that he is coming off the ACL, but uh, Javante Williams is still, you know, just just such an exciting player. I'm 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 still excited to see him come, you know, since as as he got some some uh, reps in, uh, you know, just similar to last year, you know, they they tried to uh, limit his reps with uh, Melvin Gordon. Uh, so now that, you know, they got Samaji Pirine to kind of take the load off. So, you know, maybe he can keep his legs fresh. And it usually does take, like, as you were mentioning, you know, another year to get that explosiveness all the way back. But he's shown his elusiveness so well that I'm, I'm uh, leaning toward him as the fantasy go-to on the Broncos. Yeah, I hope you're right, by the way. I like I liked him um, last year, too, before he got injured. Uh, Travis, what about you for the Broncos? I know you're biased, but if you had to drive uh, yeah. a Bronco... <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I still think Jerry Judy, mm. I, I, there's just, I mean, that's just like a gold, unfortunately a gold mine of talent right there. I, if, and if any coach can get the talent out of it, out of him, it's going to be Sean Payton. And I just, he, he might be the guy he go that Russell Wilson throws to, I mean, just let him go, let him go run. <laughs> um, uh, and I thought second, I thought, you know, that the, the new kid that got from Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma, right? Mims, the other receiver is a rookie. Mm-hmm. I, I've watched him play a few times in, uh, you know, Big 12 football. And, uh, you know, if he lives up to the hype, man, that could be a problem for any AFC West uh, defense for two of them running around the secondary. So, but definitely Jerry Judy, first and foremost. Yeah, that's who I had to is Judy. I think you're right. There, there's a lot of talent there that hasn't been tapped into. I'd like to see yeah. someone do it. And like you said, Sean Payton's, you know, that, that guy can can figure it out. If anyone can, he can. And if not, they can send him to Kansas City. I'm sure Andy <laughs> Reid could find a use for him. <laughs> oh, that would be just the worst. I get out of him this time. You know, I mean, he's a guy you can definitely line up all over the field, and uh, you know, he can he can yeah. be uncoverable if you can get him in the right uh, in the right situation. Yeah. No. And and yeah, he's yeah, he's just he's tough to cover. Yeah. Uh let's predict. Let's predict uh, the Broncos. Uh, so the professionals have the over under at eight and a half wins. Uh, so, Jason, where do you have your Broncos finishing this season? Yeah, I mean, I feel, as uh, Travis mentioned earlier, that schedule this year is really tough, really tough. So I actually have them at 7 and 10 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think they're actually going to come out of the gate pretty strong. It's going to be a little bit of false hope for us. You know, they have a pretty easy uh, schedule coming out. Uh, the Raiders, Commanders, uh, Bears, you know, three of their first four games. Uh, so it could potentially even be 3 and 1. <laughs> <laughs> before it all goes downhill <laughs> but you know they just have you know the chiefs twice of course the chargers twice on top of that um you know those divisions are playing they have to go to buffalo to detroit to miami and back home you got the patriots browns packers coming in i mean it's uh it's gonna be tough yeah no i i also have them at seven 
Uh, I, I had them under, I think seven and 10 is where I have them as well, but I think it's going to be a better seven and 10 than it was last year. That's, that's the the thing. Uh, Travis, wh- where do you have them finishing? I, you know, I was the same way. I looked at that schedule and I'm like, I, I think there's, I do think there's seven wins in there and uh, you know, division games, I, I don't care how good or how bad you are. You know, that's one one drive, one play away from flipping back and forth. Even last year with, I mean, take the Chiefs and the Broncos. It was it was tight in Kansas City until late. So, yeah, I, I just think 7 and 10. If this was 2024, when the, when the schedule changes again, the, it, I think it'd be a lot more. But it's just murderer's row this year for the AFC West. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, tough schedule. Well, there you go, Jason. That's that's the Broncos. So, let's. Well, if it was if this was schedule was with the team from last year, it'd probably be three or four wins. So you know, like you said, it's a it's a better seven and ten. Uh, yep. You know, it's funny is they, they you know they rotate it. You know, they put those schedules in based on where you finish. And I <laughs> usually you think you'd have like especially if you're rebuilding, you came in last place last year. You think. Hey, the Broncos are going to get some winnable games, mm-hmm. but just how it's set up this year is just atrocious. Yeah, because so, you're locked yeah, in I, divisions, and then there's a few float floating matchups. But yeah, yeah, and and so I agree. I mean, I think yeah, I think it'll be a a better a better year with optimism. You know, come December versus is this over yet? Yeah. And you're going to find <laughs> out about Russell Wilson at the end of the year too. Like we, you'll figure out where he's is. Is he, is he going to be the Russell Wilson of old or what we saw last year? Is that who he's going to be? And I think Sean Payton will have the power to move him after this season. If he's doesn't, if he doesn't show up. So that's another positive. Okay. Let's move on to the chiefs. Travis, you ready? I'm set, ready to go. Okay. So last year, as we know, the chiefs went 12 and five won the Super Bowl. Uh, they managed to the... get beat by the Colts. Yeah, they did that too. That was yep. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> they were first in offense, surprise, surprise, uh, after trading Tyreek Hill away last year, by the way, which, by the way, I called that. They'd be fine without Tyreek Hill. Uh, defense, they were 16th. They were 16th in defense. So what was your favorite move, Travis, that they made this offseason? They did not sell the farm for the future. Um, that you know, because of all the talk about D hop and, and other potential free agent signings. Um, to me, the chiefs are the first in, in a line of teams that are coming up here in the AFC because no offense to NFC fans out there. The AFC is loaded with young arm talent. Oh yeah. And so the chiefs are the first one that hit Patrick's contract and we're going to see the Bengals, the bills and so forth. So the chiefs have been very, Budgets, you know, budget conscience, if you will, still within the salary cap, making free agent signings here and there, but they're not mortgaging the future to for right now. So to me, that's one of the biggest things that I like them that they did. You know, they didn't pay for Orlando Brown or D Hop or anything like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I got you. And and you give those young wide receivers opportunity to grow as well uh, when you don't sign like veteran wide receivers all the time. Um, Jason, what about you with your favorite move that the Chiefs made? Yeah, it was a tough one because, you know, it was a much quieter uh, offseason than, than last year with that Tyreek Hill move. So it was uh, it was hard to – I had to really dig to, to find the, find one. But 
No, it was uh, letting Orlando Brown go and 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 uh, getting Juwan Taylor seeming to upgrade there. Um, so that was uh, my favorite move that they made. I like that one as well. I put uh, Tranquil, the the linebacker they signed, one year for three million. That's a bargain. He was the best tackler on the San Diego, uh, not San Diego, <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers last year. Um, and it, one of the better tacklers in the league. Uh, so I think them adding him to their defense on such a cheap deal was, and you took him away from a division rival. I think that was a win for, for the chiefs as well to get their d- defense just a little better this year. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And he's, there are a sorry sounding like he's going to be one of those, you know, third and long blitzers and, and, you know, get some added pressure up to help eventually when Chris Jones does come back and get that deep, get some pressure on the quarterbacks because you know, that's NFL today. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, uh, what's your least favorite move that the, uh, chiefs made or didn't make? Uh, I wish they would have, you know, they had a, so going back to the Tyreek Hill trade, they had so much draft capital that I kind of wish they would have just put a bunch of them together and got, way up high and got a, a you know potential number one wide receiver um not that i'm displeased with rice you know uh you know he's going to be fine he's a he's a jump ball guy but i just wish they would have just packaged something big together and traded up and gotten the number one receiver yeah because that was rumored right before the draft started that that was one of the teams that might jump into the top 20 to get a one of the the better wide receivers yeah, yeah, I think the class. Yeah, I yeah. think the kid, the 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 kid from um, TCU. I think the Chargers drafted him, uh, Quinton Johnston. Yeah, yeah. And I know that he was. I know they really liked him, and Patrick was throwing. I don't know what to call that, th- throwing the ball around with a bunch of them. And yeah, I'm just surprised he didn't go get him. But that's a. I mean, I mean, life is good if that's my only complaint. Yeah, yeah. So, the, the, it was hard to know, find something even for like, me. Oh, come on. Straight <laughs> up. Come on, guys. It was a loaded class, so I guess they felt, you know, getting Sky Moore was uh, – but he's, you know, a smaller guy, right? So you don't, they don't have that that big big target and wide receiver. Yeah, no. I mean, they – I mean, yeah. I mean, Sky Moore is a – and I think Sky Moore will be great this next year, this coming year, because a year in Andy's offense, but – yeah, I mean Rice is a he seems to be a big a big guy that it will go for those 50-50 balls but I just would have liked somebody a little in a, I mean not that I'm you know crushed about it just something a little faster I guess down the field stretch it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh well, yeah, we'll see how they work it, but like you said if that's the only thing you're really upset about, that's actually not a bad, you know, bad, you know, yeah, thing exactly. to be upset about. Uh, what about you, Jason? Uh, I think the current situation with uh, with Chris Jones, you know, they really need to, uh, you know, he outperformed his contract. They, you know, saved some money by trading away Tariq Hill. So I think they should open up the bank and, you know, not let this be a distraction, distraction anymore. Um, but, uh, you know, I know that that's uh, easier said than done. It's not my money. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just just feel like uh, you know they they could do it. I think they could really do it, and uh, you know, 
get him back on the field as soon as possible to keep that cohesive group together because the defensive side of the ball is their their biggest area that needs to uh, improve uh, to be able to repeat. Yeah. yeah. Do you think they get it done, Travis, before the season? You know what? It It's beginning to feel like a, a Tyreek Hill situation again. It, it would not. I mean, I, I think they'll I do think they'll get eventually get it done. But I, I'm beginning to have doubts that they just may trade him away. I, I heard today or I read today that there's a rumor that they're talking to the Bears. Oh, interesting. So, I, I mean, that's that's Fred Beach, the GM. I mean, he he's he's done bold things. He's, I mean, when when like you guys were talking about when Tyreek was traded, people were were floored. But you know, and, and part of the thing was that they the Chiefs were not going to pay him the money, and so uh, it's just beginning to feel like that again i'm not saying that that's how it's going to end but yeah yeah that's kind of the second half of it is you know they didn't even really draft any any uh you know body to really replace him either so it's almost like this kind of blindsided them and i mean they should draft for depth anyway so that was that was yeah. uh, kind of the second part of that um least favorite yeah, we'll see how that plays out. But if the Bears got him, oh my word, that would be kind of crazy for <laughs> the Bears. Casey would be happy about that. Um, my my thing. Um, so I, I like I said earlier, uh, I had the um the Chiefs bottom as far as skill position, and this this is my thing. So Tony, he just hasn't been healthy. That's his problem, right? So how can right. we trust that he's going to stay healthy all season? Uh, MVS, I've never been a fan of his. Like, I think he's a good, like, fourth wide receiver. He, when he was in Green Bay, like, it's like eventually these players are who they are, right? Like, right. Um, uh, Sky Moore, I, you're hoping that he takes that next step and, and then that rookie that you hope that he shows up. But if you, if you like look at it, it's, it can get scary fast. And so I just like, I wish they would have went and, and got like just a, uh, a guy in which they could trust like a veteran, you know, not, not for a ton of money, but for cheaper or whatever, and just have somebody that they could be confident that could come in, run good routes, catch the ball, kind of like what they did with Juju last year. Like Juju didn't like blow up. He, he did have 78 receptions for almost a thousand yards, but um, I, I feel like they need that. They needed someone on this team that's just going to be reliable along with Kelsey, because otherwise if, 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 if uh, Tooney gets injured, it's it gets it gets it could get ugly real fast and then a lot of pressures on Kelsey and Mahomes just to make things happen. Uh, so that that would be my least favorite move. Again, it's not the worst position to be in, but it's just I just I just thought like you mentioned Hopkins. I think he signed a two year, twenty six million dollar deal, thirteen million a year. Is it really that much money <laughs> to pay <laughs> pay somebody that that DeAndre Hopkins, you know, who has hands right. like glue, like that you can just rely on, like, hey, he's going to get open or he's going to catch the ball if I throw it up in the air. <laughs> you know, I just I just think they could have used someone like that um, uh, on the team. So that's the only only complaint I had in their offseason. Yeah. And, and maybe they didn't make the move because. I mean, you think about the AFC championship game, they who they ran out there as a receiving core. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was the joke of uh, F- uh, Fortson had more uh, tackles than catches, mm-hmm. you know, and he's out there catching balls in the championship game. It, maybe that's, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I, going back to what I said originally, they, they are very frugal and I think that they're, they're approaching it so they don't get themselves 
in trouble with because I mean Patrick's going to re-up his contract too, and so I, I think that that's that's my guess. What's going on? You know. I'm, yeah, just you don't want to be super frugal though, right? Like you right. don't want to put your team like the Packers did this with Aaron Rodgers forever, and it kind of annoyed me. Like you had Devonte Adams, but you didn't go out and get another guy for Aaron Rodgers to rely on for like seven years. And then like, you're like, oh, well, why is he throwing it deep to Adams double covered? It's like, because that's the only receiver he trusts. That's the right. only good receiver he has. So I just like, you don't want to be too, too worried about the future that you like sacrifice the now. Oh yeah. You no, know, I, you know, like, like you got to kind of balance <laughs> it, which, you know, I think if, you know, Andy Reed and the chiefs probably have that figured out, they know more about football than I'll ever know. But um, it's just, it's just. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I, hopefully, Tooney becomes what they think he's going to be, um, and and you know, that the Rice and Sky Moore just like just blow up. That's what you got to kind of hope for, but and it right. could happen. So, yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead, Travis. Sorry. No, no, I no, I agree. No, and yeah, sometimes you know, as a Chiefs fan, you do wonder: are they being too frugal? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, but. And because you save so much money on on the skill position, you think you'd have the money then to pay Jones, right? Like, so right. Where, where are we spending the money? I, I on? mean, I, 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 that's what everybody thought. You know, when they uh, when so in how Patrick's contract is set up, it how they re up it, you know, it turns it into a signing bonus, gave him uh, cap space. So that's what I think everybody assumed. Either D Hop was coming, or that was for Chris Jones, and, and nothing has happened yet. So I don't know. Very strange. Very strange. Um, let's uh, let's go into our green flag. Green flag for the Chiefs. Uh, Travis, what's your green flag for the Chiefs? Uh, to me, this is the biggest thing in the NFL. Why the NFL is so great is because of parity. And so the biggest thing that the Chiefs have coming for them is that they only have, they only lost two coaches from last year's team. And one of them's at Biennemi and the other one's a running back coach. And so they've moved some people around and they got some new strength coaches, but that coaching staff is intact. And I think that's the biggest thing, especially with, with Reed's offense and these player, these, you know, Sky Moore, these receivers understanding the, uh, the situation. And I, you know, as a Chiefs fan, you could see it sometimes happen, even the Super Bowl on Sky Moore's touchdown, you know, you saw Tony point the other way. Well, it's because he was, he knew, where everybody's supposed to be that's coaching and so keeping that intact i think is the biggest green flag going into this season i like that one yeah that's good uh jason what about you uh, i put down Mahomes' health you know uh, he <laughs> looks pretty good right now yeah. and yeah. uh you know that would be a huge huge thing that the huge need obviously you know it's it's kind of kind of obvious i guess but you know he did uh make it through uh being hurt uh you know won the super bowl and everything which is amazing uh, even though he was in quite a bit of pain, but uh, looking at him now, it looks like he's uh, fully recovered and reports seem to seem to indicate that as well. Yeah. And, and I'm going to piggyback that. I kind of had a very obvious one, but QB plus head coach, like the, the, they got the best QB head coach combo in the NFL. That's the green flag. And as long as you got those two, <laughs> you're going to be in the discussion every year, even with, you know, like even our little concerns, whether it's the skill position players or whatever, um, they're going to be in contention as long as they got Reed and, and Mahomes uh, passing the football. I, they'll be fine. So that's their biggest green flag. That's what they got working for them, in my opinion. Kind of an obvious one, but I think it's very important. 
Um, biggest red flag for you, Travis? Uh, my biggest red flag right now is, well, I mean, I guess it is Mahomes' health is that if if they're not, if the offense isn't going as as well as they wanted to he'll start taking risk i mean he's always been called i mean that's why the chiefs drafted him is because you know reed was in green bay when he when farb was there and he said that's that's a new farb and so he hasn't gotten into those type of bad habits <laughs> uh and as long as reed and and uh keep on him to keep him in the system with the players that they got which he's done well that's the only thing that I'm, I'm hoping he doesn't get into is any kind of bad habits of hey kelsey's down he's down there in triple coverage you know let's try it so that's my biggest red flag yeah like getting bored and like hey let's <laughs> right <laughs> I, I mean honestly i think that's why they got beat by the colts last year is because they were bored yeah you know they had just come off a huge win at Tampa and just, just were bored. So that's what I hope they don't have this year. It doesn't seem schedule wise to, to be a boring schedule for them. So <laughs> no, I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> Jason, what do you got for us? The red flag. Uh, their defense being uh, still really young, you know, and a couple of players, um, you know, uh, rookies last year. Now, you know, coming in their second year, needing to step up, you know, Carlaftis and, uh, their safety, Justin Reed, um, you know, looking for guys like that to to um, continue to to progress and and step up because, you know, they're in a division that uh, can put up a lot of points. And plus, you know, as we mentioned, their schedule, you know, the rest of that schedule is going to be really tough. Uh, they're going to be facing some of the best offenses in the league uh, week after week. Yeah, that's that. That's a good one. Um, and especially like what what you said, Travis, about the defense taking a little bit to get going. Um, the offense gets bored at the same time. <laughs> you could, you could find yourself falling to some teams that you're going to be competing for the number one seed with. So, right. and you don't want that to happen. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, you guys have watched Mahomes play enough where, you know, if the other guy across the field, you know, they like, for example, they play the jets fairly early, you know, Oh, Aaron Rodgers across the field from me. Yeah, he's bringing his A game that night, and he's mm -hmm. going to get his A game out of his offense. I'm not worried about those type of games. I'm worried about coming off of one of those type of games where they do tend to get bored. You know, I, I haven't checked specifically where the Broncos, not to pick on the Broncos or the Raiders, come into the, the schedule. And I know Andy reads on him a lot about division games. You got to win them, but you know, you get an improving Denver team. It's got a good defense. It's a trip, you know. Or a trap game, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, uh, how do you think he's gonna come out again against Goff week one? No. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I am a little worried on 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 uh that first that first game on national TV and stuff. Sometimes that you know these teams will come out just super hyped up. And, you know, they're running on adrenaline for a quarter and a half. And, you know, who knows what will happen. But, you know, I, one thing I've learned as a Chiefs fan, you, you know, we're down by 10. That's fine. You know. You Patrick just need Cole. 13 seconds. That's all you need. Yeah, right. 13 <laughs> seconds. The most amazing 13 seconds in football history. <laughs> you know. I have a friend who's a Bills fan. 
Uh, oh, no. It was not no. his his favorite 13 seconds in the <laughs> history. Uh, that was one of the best games, though, in NFL history. I'll tell you that. The back and forth uh, the last two and a half minutes. Oh, so good. Um. Okay, let's go to fantasy go-to. Uh, what do you got for fantasy go-to, Travis? Well, you know, there's the, the big ones, Mahomes, Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that, depending on how the offense runs again, and I think it actually will do the same is, is Jarek McKinnon. He, he's out there a lot, mm. uh, on third downs of, I know he's almost a cuss word in Denver after last year. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but he had nine touchdowns through the air and he's almost like the safety valve and he's not covered most of the time. So for non 50 yard touchdown passes, you know, when Mahomes is flinging it underhand or whatever he would did there. But I, I he might be the guy that if you are in a deep league to go get, because um, one thing the Bengals are going to find out about Orlando Brown is Jerry McKinnon helped him out so much chipping as he came out of his route. And that's what Jerick is, is awesome with that is he gives Pat just a, just that few seconds helps his offensive line. And he's out there in the flat. And so, He's out there for easy touchdowns and wide open. And and Andy, the system sets him up for it. Uh, so he might be one I'd watch. Um, but as for the rest of the offense, I, <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah. see what, yeah, you know. Roll Patrick, the dice, so to speak. You know, yeah. <laughs> Justin Watson could have six touchdowns in one game, and it wouldn't surprise me, but, you know. Yeah, I'd Just, never hear from him again. After that. No, exactly. <laughs> Jason, what about you? Yeah, same same ones, Mahomes and Kelsey. You know, uh, Kelsey's top first round pick, and Mahomes is a top three. Uh, sometimes going in the first round as well, depending on league scoring. Um, yeah, uh, I like that one on McKinnon though, because uh, was it he scored touchdown like five straight games or some some crazy stat uh, yeah, last I year? That, it was I thought it was like eight. Oh yeah, eight or yeah. something. Yeah, and. Yeah, so. The Chiefs yeah. are amazing inside the five-yard line. There's, uh, you know, you see the play calls that Andy Reid's come up with, and it's being, you know, copied across the league now with the shovel pass and uh, all those kind of creative things that they're able to come up with. Yeah. And the 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 pass where it's a touchdown, but it's like a handoff where he just pushes it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but <laughs> I mean, if you got the quarterback for fantasy football, that's real nice. But man, I can't, <laughs> like it's it's a handoff basically. Um, I have the same guys, Patrick. I've drafted anytime I had an opportunity. I've uh, since he's been the starter, I've drafted Patrick Mahomes, and it's always worked out. So, uh, it's always get to the playoffs mostly. So, um. That would be my go-to. Just get to the playoffs, guys. Anything can happen in fantasy. Okay, predictions. Uh, let's start with you, Travis. The professionals have it at uh, 11 and a half wins over or under um, for the year for the Chiefs. Uh, what do you got? I have it. I actually have them at 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of it goes back to uh, Patrick brings his A game, depending on who's across the and he's going to face a lot of the Chiefs are going to face a lot of really good quarterbacks this year. And so with him on his a game, I, I just think it's going to be 12. Uh, there's always a screw up game in there. I don't, they'll never, the chiefs will never go undefeated because there will be a game. They'll lose their concentration, which sometimes it's, it, you know, it's good. That happens uh, to reset things, but that's, that's what I'm, I was looking at the schedule. I, 
I could see 12 in there. Okay. 12. Um, Jason, what do you got? I have an 11 actually. Um, yes, you know, like as we mentioned, you know, the kind of the theme here is that that really tough schedule that the AFC West has, you know, I was looking at their, um, schedule, you know, at the jets at Jacksonville, they're at green Bay in December, uh, at new England and, you know, at home Bengals, um, bills eagles dolphins is uh really really tough uh schedule but i mean they come out of there with 11 or 12 wins that's a that's a really good season with that kind of schedule yeah, yeah. That's, that's brutal yeah that is brutal i i did go over uh so since patrick mahomes has been the quarterback for the chiefs and andy Reid's coaching they've never gone under whatever the prediction was by by the professionals so i think they'll go over they just always do so i go a 12 11 11 12 seems right but i'm gonna go 12 and uh five okay um let's uh before okay so we got our final thoughts uh predictions and stuff but uh i want i, I didn't prep you guys for this yet uh but just in order how do you see the division finishing so uh, maybe we'll start with Jason on this. So who's finishing first, second, third, and fourth? All right. Um, yeah, I still think uh, last year I actually hadn't thought the Chargers, you know, would be ahead of the Chiefs because their defense was so young. But um, I think that that was the Chargers' chance. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's the Chiefs again this year uh, taking the division. Uh, Chargers right there in in second place because, you know, they'll, they'll find a way even if they are ahead. You know, Chief fans don't have to worry. They'll, Chargers will find a way to charge and then uh, <laughs> uh, Broncos uh, third and, and then the Raiders after that. Okay. Okay. What about you, Travis? Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I mean, I, I really do think e- even though the Chargers will do their charger things, I, I just has a feeling this is going to be the two of them, uh, you know, all the way into December. Uh, I, I will put a little asterisk on that though as long as the chargers get over that playoff loss. Um, because I mean, you lose like that, that's, that's a devastating loss. So as long as they can get behind him, I know they got a new offensive coordinator. They got, and he's, I think he's actually pretty good, unfortunately for the chargers. I, I just think it'll be the two of them. And, and then I think the Broncos will be right there. Um, and you know, you get a, you get the ball, bounce one way or another they could be right in there and and um the raiders i get in last place but you know and the other thing too i want to point out i don't know if you guys have talked about it uh home field advantage is a is a huge thing and in the division really truly only the broncos and the chiefs have a true home field advantage the chargers play in front of half crowds i mean i've been actually been to a game in sofi it was 60 percent chiefs fans and the Raiders, that's a tourist destination. So I even, I think that will make a difference um, if it hasn't already that, you know, at least the Broncos are playing in front of home fans, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. We didn't actually talk about that. We did talk about getting over the loss and the only, only, you know, I brought up the, uh, this Atlanta Falcons blowing the Super Bowl against the, the Patriots and how that team never recovered after that. Like it, it just still kinda, hasn't. Right. Right. So I, that, that would, if you're, uh, Chargers fan, you got to be a little bit worried about that. It's like, uh, can can they recover from that? So we kind of talked about that as well. Um, I I have I, I think 
so at the end of the podcast, I said I'd do it at this, you know, at, when I was done talking to them in the first part of this podcast. I like I got it because Matt is so excited about the uh, the, the Raiders. <laughs> so I was like, I, I I don't know if I was falling under his spell. Originally, I had Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, and I'm like, oh man, don't, I don't, don't, know. don't listen yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, no he almost had me fooled. Uh, no, but I think I think I'm going to stick with what I originally predicted would predict and that's chief Chargers, Broncos Raiders. I just, the defense for the Raiders is just, I, I don't know. I just don't trust them at all. So I'm going to, that's what I'm going to, I'm going to stick with. I'm going to stick with that. Okay. Let's, uh, let's do our final thoughts. We're going to talk about, um, let's first do our most confident prediction in this, uh, division. What would you say is your most confident prediction? Um, Travis. Uh, most confident prediction in the, in, in the division is I, I, I really think the chiefs are going to win the division Mm -hmm. and the chargers will give it to them, give it away to them sometime in November. I really do. Okay. Okay. I like that one. Um, what about you, uh, Jason? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. A lot of confidence in the chiefs, um, taking the division this year. Um, I just don't see. Uh, any other team in the AFC West being able to to uh, to take it from you know the Chargers are close you know but still don't think they they've done enough to overtake the Chiefs. Yeah, I I agree. That was my most confident prediction is the Chief winning. My second uh, is the fact that the comparison between Mahomes and Herbert will come up at some point in the season. Somebody's going to make that argument <laughs> that they're basically the same quarterback. Uh, we know it's going to come up somehow uh, because who, we need the drama. Who keeps bringing that up? There is uh, just I, mainstream. I just, I just don't just, get it. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. it's like a time. It's just something we got to talk about. It's like no, there's you know Patrick has done so much more. But it's a boredom if they weren't in the same division. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I've shoot. If, if Herbert was in the NFC, you know, that'd be his to run. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The NFC is not that strong. Okay. How about your least confident, uh, prediction, uh, Jason, um, that you made for the, uh, West least confident prediction. Um, let's see. Hmm. That's a tough one. I guess I would go with um, the Broncos at seven and 11, you know, they, they could do better. Um, You know, I feel pretty strong about um, the others and the Raiders being at the bottom. You know, last year I made a bold prediction of the Raiders winning four games. I think they won six. They beat the Broncos twice. So if the Broncos, (laughs) I don't even know how they beat the Broncos, even though the Broncos played bad, but you know, it would have come, would have come true there, but yeah, I haven't been, been high on the Raiders uh, much in the last couple of years and still feel pretty confident they'll keep that trend up. So my least confident one would be uh, the Broncos at seven 11 in the, in a way that it could actually be better. Okay. I like that. What, what about you, Trav, uh, Travis? Uh, you know, it's funny. <laughs> it's exactly what I was thinking too, is the Broncos, if things just fall right, they possibly could get up there and, and get a playoff spot. Um, not that a third place team in the AFC couldn't get a playoff spot, but I, I honestly think that they have enough talent. They actually could be a problem for the chiefs come November, December too, you know, and maybe it's not the chargers is, is as talented as we all think. Maybe it's the Broncos that make that step, especially if, if Sean Payton gets something out of Russell Wilson to his glory days you know this is a different story you know so 
Yeah, I, I kind of am with you guys. I, I had, though, I'm not confident in the Chargers. Any any prediction I make about the Chargers is not confident. Other than Herbert's going to be good. Like, we know that. Like, he, he'll be a good quarterback. But, like, would I be surprised if the Chargers don't finish second this year? Not not really. I could see them. Fall. Like, that loss, you lose. You, players lose faith in their coach. And you still have the same coach there. It, it could it could definitely change that locker room in a way that's negative. So my least confident prediction is that the Chargers are going to finish second. I just I could see where they end up either losing more games than I think or just losing a little less. And then, like you said, like the Broncos somehow sneaking into that number two spot. So it's 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 a uh, it's the Chargers for me. And maybe that's the the to me the biggest like mystery of the AFC West. Is how in the world did he keep his job? Oh, I don't get it. I don't I, I, that. <laughs> I, I mean, there's there's bad play. There's playoff losses. There's bad playoff losses, and then there's that type of a loss. And he still kept his job. I'm I'm just surprised. I'm I'm happy as a Chiefs fan, but I'm <laughs> just surprised. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Okay, give me a dark horse prediction, uh, Travis. Do you have a dark horse prediction for the uh, AFC West? Uh, if injuries go crazy in Kansas city, Denver will win the AFC West. Okay. That's a, that's a, okay. So, uh, on injury. Okay. What about you, yeah. uh, Jason? Uh, darn the, the dark horse, uh, prediction. Let's see. Um, the Raiders actually compete. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a prediction. <laughs> uh, my, <laughs> I don't think Matt will like to hear that, but that's okay. <laughs> My dark horse prediction is that at the end of the year, no matter what happens is that we all are talking about Russell Wilson as a top 10 quarterback again, like that he finds himself again. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I could see it happening. It's sort of like a dark horse prediction for me um, that Sean Payton will find a way to fix him or tailor an offense and fix enough of him where he looks like he can be, talked about as a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. So that's my dark horse. Okay, guys, that's it. Anything else on the division? Not that I can think of. I just want all these uh, Raider fans to quit complaining about the Super Bowl. So (laughs) what are they complaining about? Oh, you know, oh, squawking about that uh, hold call at the end of it. Oh, well, there was a hold though. Right. Right. It was a big time, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's a picture. Hold. There's a picture. I sent it to people that were like, Oh, we're, I was like, dude, he, he held them. I'm not saying like, sh- could they have let it go? Yeah, they could have, but you can't like, it's well, like getting I, hacked in basketball. It's like, yeah, right. he got hacked, but like, yeah, maybe he still should have made the shot. Like it was an easy shot, but he did get hacked. Right. So you got to right. call it. Yeah, no, it's like, I don't know. I, you know, Raider fans, you know, I live where I live out here. It they've they've just been uh, like still bringing it up. There's bad as equal fans about it, and it's just like okay, you know, you do know that hey, that was a right call. Oh, but they shouldn't have called it. It's like mm-hmm. okay, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, no, actually, I believe those the two wide open touchdowns led to that being called. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah, you know? probably because you know the Eagles were burned so bad that when it, when the same motion happened. That's what he did, you know, so. Well, I I mean, there's a picture of him having a handful of jersey. I don't know how you argue it. Yeah. Well, like you could say, well, they shouldn't have called it, but it's like, well, is it illegal or not? 
Like, right. is it murder or not? Well, we don't have it, to arrest them. You know? and apparently, <laughs> yeah, right. And apparently to some to other podcasts I've listened to, players now take Velcro and stick them on the inside of their jerseys so that oh. they're skin tight. So if oh, it pulls away like that, that is beyond, I mean, that's a, a hmm. real pull. So yeah, they use apparently Velcro to make them, to tie them on. So shout out to the Kelsey brothers podcast on that. Yeah. And I, I guess it would make sense uh, that it, it would, uh, it would help show the, uh, like the refs, even that there's more of a hold, right? Because if right. they have to like really pull, it's going to, okay. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. So when Juju turned and you, and he had that whole, yeah, that's yeah. So oh, I just wish that's... Eagle fans and Raider fans would just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Okay. Not going to play in the game either. You know I mean? Can't, uh, can't get mad about that but it was the right call so can't get mad about it anyway yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i don't understand that well thank you both for joining me it was fun yeah, yeah. It was thanks fun. thanks so much for listening to this episode of the box score sports podcast if you haven't yet please follow me on instagram at the box score sports podcast and also, you can find us on YouTube, the Box Score Sports Podcast. Uh, thanks so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Travis, you know the, yeah. the Chiefs uh, with Mahomes and, and Kelsey, they're 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 a little more difficult to hate, but uh, you know they're 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 a fun team to watch. Um, yeah, so got to give them credit for for putting that putting that squad together. Yeah, I mean, there they say that uh, viewership every time Mahomes is on TV goes up because people just want to see if he's going to do something, you know, crazy. <laughs> it's like he always does every game, right? Like every it, game, it, he it's does something. Some, yeah. 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 I'm so but, jealous. Like, man, it's rough. Rough scene for, hey, for anybody I had, watching. I had Steve DeBerg throwing passes when I was a teenager. So that's. <laughs> I had know, Cleo, Cleo, Cleo Lemon. You remember Cleo Lemon? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Ray Lucas. I had him for a while. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, uh, Tyler Thigpen. Uh, yeah. We had Tyler Thigpen for a while, <laughs> too. Yeah. 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 yeah we had him. But hey, it's good times in Miami right now, right? Feeling pretty good about the Dolphins. Uh yeah, sort of like the the concussion thing's a little bit worrisome, right? That that you gotta always have. Uh, I want to like I I did a preview with Avery that that will be posted, but um, he's the Bills fan. Uh, I want to see Tua like get off his first read and not just and then like it like corners figured out or defensive coordinators like the chargers and the Niners, like let's knock these guys off of their timing route. If we knock it off enough, it's going to confuse too. And that's sort of what they, they were doing uh, that, that when they lost the games between uh, against the chargers and the Niners, although both games are pretty close still like, but it's still, still through uh, two off a little bit. So I want to see him adapt to that and, and McDaniels, but I, I, I love what the, I love Vic Fangio. I was really happy they got him. So I, I'm, uh, I'm pretty 
pretty happy. I'm not happy Aaron Rodgers went there, though. That's that's the thing. It's like as soon as we start getting good, like, OK, we're second now. We're going to we're going to be able to beat the got to get to the Bills. Now it's like, OK, well, now they got one of the best defenses in the leagues and, and a, a future Hall of Famer on your team. So I don't know. I'm a little upset about that. But I think Dalvin, right. I thought Dalvin was going to go to the Dolphins, too. But Well, now the rumor is uh, JT Jonathan Taylor. The 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 dolphins are interested in him. Yeah. So they trade. Trade, yeah. So that would be better than Cook. Um, but I'm not like running backs to me are just like um dime a dozen. I, I understand I don't want to overpay for a running back. Uh, like uh, so I you know, I root for the Lions because my dad's a Lions fan. And I talked about this on on the AFC North podcast. Um I did not like their first round of their draft. I just, you don't take a running back that high. I'm sorry. I get that he's, he can be explosive, but you find undrafted running backs. You find running backs in the third, the fourth round, not don't take one in the first round, especially like if you're not like the chiefs who maybe just needs a running back at pick 30, like, right. Okay. Uh, well, we get no, it. You I get... mean, but Pilchecka was the seventh round. That, yeah. <laughs> the, but, but, right. But you can yeah. understand if you're like the chiefs and your defense, well, even pretty... when the chiefs took CEH, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. it makes sense. Right. Because yeah, it's no. like, that's all you needed. Right. Yeah. Like, but, but like with the lions, you need more blue chippers. You need some, you still need some, de- they ha- could have got Jalen Carter or, um, uh that corner anthony gonzalez or uh i can't remember his name he put he, the patriots ended up getting him um but I, that's who i kind of want let's let's build your defense up your offense yeah. was fourth last year let's get to some good defensive players uh, and yeah. they when they drafted when they drafted him i'm like guys come on you're just not following the league you know you're just not you're doing your own thing. About, you know i guess i'm going back picking on the raiders again but that's how i felt when they got Devante. you get a guy like that when you're one player away yeah don't do that when you know you need a lot of other pieces that, that just didn't make any sense to me and then no. when they they didn't move him in the offseason and they went and yeah. got jimmy g i yeah I, it just doesn't I don't, I don't i don't understand what the plan is right maybe that's maybe it's a super secret plan i just don't right, right. yeah Trying to put uh, I, folks in the seats in Vegas, I think, was behind getting Devontae. They were moving into a new stadium. Well, you know, like 90% of their fans, actually, all of them come into town every weekend. So right. I, I'm waiting to see Belichick mess around with Tua, actually. You just do some weird defensive fronts on him and just see what he does. Yeah. You know. My picture is going to be tough. Christian yeah. Gonzalez, Christian Gonzalez. Christian. That's who, yeah, that's who he was. Um, Yeah, no, uh, it's interesting. I think Tua has beaten the Patriots every time they've played when he started. Mm-hmm. So right. I don't think Bill Belichick's going to find a be, be too kind about that this year. I think he's really going to uh-huh. come after him. And I think the fact they got an offensive coordinator this year, an actual one, right. like I think I'm nervous about the Patriots this year. Uh, Avery, Avery, Avery wasn't too nervous about him as a Bills fan, but for me, I'm a little nervous about the Patriots this year. I would be. Their defense might be the best in the division. Right. And if they just get their offense to be yeah. like average, above yeah. average, they'll be, you know, I, I don't mean, know. team up to be uh, a team from the 90s. I was, was going to say, isn't that the, the, the Tom Brady's first three Super Bowls? That was yeah. basically it. Yeah. You know, he'd throw for 120 yards and the defense just stopped everything. Yeah. yeah. Ed and Zeke, you know, I mean, he can't move very fast anymore, but he can, he can plod and pound. Yeah. Yeah, I think, 
Yeah, I think I would have rather them, if I'm the Patriots, I would have rather have kept Damian Harris for mm-hmm. what he signed for than have Zeke Elliott. But I, I get it. Like to have a, a veteran there. Um, he had he had double digits touchdowns last year, I think, right? Or the year before? So, yeah. Last year. Last year. Mm-hmm. Um, when can we start talking about Mahomes being the greatest of all time? When can we dethrone Brady? Oh, yeah. I don't think he can dethrone Brady. <sighs> I'm, I'm no, sorry. I said when. When, when can uh, when? we do that? <laughs> uh, you know, everybody's going to look at the titles. I mean, what is he got seven? Mahomes is up to two. So, I yeah, I don't know. I think he plays the position better than than Brady ever did, but it's a different, you know, people say, oh, it's a different league nowadays, more passing. But he just does things that, you know, he reads it. I mean, he's like super analytic. He reads it, makes a play, and he's got the physical traits to get out of, you know, sticky situations. But, I mean, Brady couldn't do that. But Brady, you know, had certain parts of it. But yeah. Brady know. Was where uh, a guy in the ball needed to meet to beat the defense. And it was like, uh, you know, death by a thousand cuts. Just mm-hmm. short little yeah. stuff. And just nickel and dime you all the way down. Uh, and then he's got, you know, Mahomes has got the uh, – uh, a reference to the to a Bronco. He's got that John Elway comeback thing, you know. I I don't know what you describe it as, but like they're down, he it doesn't phase him, and I think it goes from him. If when he's not phased, the offense isn't phased. The defense looks at it and says, "If we make one more stop, our guy's going to go do something." Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's I I I don't even know what you call that. But it's just something bizarre. Oh yeah, he's got that. I see a difference. You know, I always I think back to um, Peyton Manning's um, last year. Mm. He could barely throw the ball, but when he came back in after for um, uh, Brock, Brock, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it was like the exact same game, the exact same offensive line. But Peyton comes in, and all of a sudden, he's got time to throw. You know, it's like right. sudden, everybody's blocking, the defense is playing. It was like wow, you know, it's it it's amazing how uh, the presence of somebody like that just changes the way the whole team plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's crazy. I just like to me, like if you like, I'm a big as a Dolphin fan, Dan Marino. Like I'm a back. Like I just try to support him because to me, he was up until Rogers, he was just the greatest passer of the football to me. Like you know, just his accuracy, his deep ball. His pocket movement was so good. Yeah, just how but, fast it came out. Yeah, yeah. And and the, the Dolphins just could not build around him. Never had a top 10 defense, only had one 1,000-yard rushers. He had receivers like Oronde Gatston and O.J. McDuffie, which I like them, but they weren't like elite talent. And I'm just like, if you put him and Brady and just watch like their highlight plays, you would be like, Marino's the better throw of the football. But it's the championships and stuff, and I think that's what Mahomes need now. If he can, if he can win like two more, I think we can start talking about it. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I, I agree. And, and like we were talking about earlier, those for early Patriots teams that he won those Super Bowls, it wasn't him. Yeah, you know. And if you want to get Matt riled up, just bring up you know the Tuck Rule. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, even as a Chiefs fan, I looked at I looked at you know. That was a fumble and a half. I'm sorry, <laughs> Patriots fans. That was a fumble. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, a few more. The problem is that I don't know. The AFC's got it's got that guy in Cincinnati that's really, really good. 
the guy in Los Angeles, the one we talked about earlier, he just hasn't won anything. I just, in the guy in Buffalo, you know, <laughs> it's, it is, you got to get through one of those. And, and, and I will say Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, yeah. he's got good, again, good coaching. And it's like, great. You know, that's, you know, you could be the fifth, sixth best quarterback in the AFC and, you know, mm-hmm. still be awesome. So that's, that's, that's to me is Mahomes's biggest thing is you got to get through them to get to the Super Bowl. There's a lot of great quarterbacks out there. And Lamar, you know, he's former oh, Lamar too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, there's, I mean, that, yeah, just there's so insane. many in the AFC the quarterbacks. It's just, it's just crazy. And so, yeah, I mean, one, I mean, as much as I, I pull for the chiefs and stuff, I, there's going to be years that the Bengals are going to get them. The bills are going to get them Baltimore. And, you know, I, I mean, that's just off the top of my head. I, right. I mean, and if you can survive the, the division, that's what I always joked about. You know, I wonder how the NFC or the AFC East is getting with Tyreek now. The AFC West was never scared of him because they were used to him running around at Mach 10 mm-hmm. and they knew how to play him. And so when you'd go play somebody outside of the division, it was like, oh my goodness, this guy's going crazy. But the Broncos were like, we've seen this twice a year. We know how to deal, deal with this guy, you know, so. Yeah, it, it is nice because it seems like Mike McDaniels kind of knows how to get him open. And when you have Waddle there as well, it's like you can't then just they, that helps a lot. Yeah, yeah. You can't <laughs> just hone in on Tyreek. Now you gotta watch two guys that can and, and I uh they they picked up the Robbie Chosen, you know, Robbie Anderson. Oh uh, yeah, yeah the, he changed his name, but oh. that guy's so fast. Yeah. I and I'm like he's not like an elite talent, but you like that. At the Dolphins' speed on on offense is just ridiculous to me. I just I, I see yeah. what Mike McDaniel is doing. Is like we're just going to get the ball to the guys and let them run, and I think it, you know it, it works. So yeah, yeah. And even though if their running backs aren't you know that all that great, they're still going to get tons of lanes open for them to to run free. Yep. Yeah. 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 Going to be rushing three and four. You mm-hmm. know. I will say the Lamar Jackson thing, what I found fascinating is like no team tried to get um, him away from Baltimore. Mm -hmm. That was interesting. Especially in the NFC. Because like if I'm like the Lions, like again, I'm just going to bring up because that's a team I was thinking like if they added him, like they could own the division for the next 10 years because Rodgers is gone. But it's like there is like Hertz is the best quarterback in that conference right now. And then maybe it's Prescott and then it might be Jared Goff or Kirk Cousins. It's like, it's not really good. It's not a good conference. Uh, well, don't forget the guy in new Orleans now. Their uh, car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. He could be in the top he five in that conference. Right. <laughs> so, so, so my point is like, if I was an NFC team, like, especially if I had a pretty solid team, I would have just went all in on Lamar yeah, and just paid the first two picks. Yeah. Yeah, I live in Atlanta here, and you know, I mean, everybody was thinking the Falcons would would make a run at them. You know, I mean, I mean, they're set up perfectly with their offensive mm-hmm. philosophy and everything. I mean, um, it would have been would have been a great fit, I thought. Yeah, and we know that right. Lamar that like weird. Yeah, Lamar loves his tight ends, so maybe Kyle Pitts could actually like, you know, show yeah. why he was picked so high. You know, what I'm saying like he just hasn't had a breakout year yet, so. 
would be kind of, he would have fit well with Lamar. And then you, you know, London's a big wide receiver. So his catch radius would have been real nice. And the, the running game, you know, you had, uh, so yeah, I, I agree. Atlanta should have even thought about it. Oh, in, yeah. a, in a rebuilding division too. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. right now they're saying it's the Saints Falcons uh, battling it out. Uh, Falcons actually did play pretty competitive, even though their roster is not nearly as talented as the other teams. They they kept kept pace, had had a good season, all things considering. And you know now that the Panthers and Bucks are are rebuilding, I know I guess we're kind of going all over the place with the NFL division. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that, that was another thing. Like I really, the Falcons, you kind of like they're they're getting there. Yeah. But again, you spend a first round pick on a running back and I know everybody loves him, but I'm like, you don't, you do that. And and they have that Algier who yeah. was like this rookie last year, ran over a thousand yards. They found him out of nowhere. It's like, why are you drafting another running back? I just, I, I, the, I get the skill, the talent, but you need so much more. Why can't we, like, I don't, I don't get it, but you know, they're smarter than they're me. trying to become the Baltimore Ravens, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah. We're going to replicate what's in Baltimore and yeah. not go get their quarterback. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there you go. Yeah. If they would have, if they would have drafted him and then signed Lamar, oh, yeah. I would have been like, okay, it makes a little more, you know, at least you can justify it a little bit because you're like, okay, they're going right now. And they're like, Hey, if we can get this talented guy and just put him next to Lamar. But mm-hmm. I just, I just don't first round tight ends too. don't draft tight ends in the first round. You know, I was, I nailed the Kyle Pitt thing. Okay. When, when we were, Yeah. I was like, he's just, it's not that I don't think, I think he's going to be great. I still think he'll probably be a Hall of Famer. But my point was, like, if you want to build a winning team or you want to put pieces, uh, tight end's a luxury pick, right? You you don't you don't need a tight end as much as you need the other positions. So tight ends take a little bit longer to develop in the NFL. And I think it's because, you, you know, the schemes, you got to learn how to block and then run routes and you got to be more crisper. With the route running, you're not going like there's going to be people that are bigger and faster than you that are actually covering you, depending on you know on who who's covering you. So I think tight ends just take a little longer. So everybody was big on Kyle Pitts being drafted that early. I'm like, I would not do that. Don't do that. You don't draft tight ends that high. And I was I was I sort of justified at this point with with that. Um, yeah. I I still said though that he could probably be a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying I think the talent's uh, there. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it just, that's not I, I what mean, you want when you're trying to win. No, I, I was going to say, you know, the Chiefs have a pretty good record of drafting tight ends and both of them were third rounders. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and that, and then LeGronk, what was he, second, third round? Like he wasn't something. Yeah. He yeah. was down there. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like you don't draft tight ends high. The, the Lions did that like twice, three times drafted first. None of them ever panned out. Eric Ebron. TJ Hawkinson, they ended up trading <laughs> Brandon, Brandon Pettigrew. I don't know if you remember Pettigrew, yeah, but yeah. 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 I always like when the Lions trade was uh, kind of confusing to me. I didn't understand why they would, why they would do that. You know, and what did your, what did your dad think of that one? Uh, so my dad, my dad didn't, well, I think my dad didn't understand it either at first. I think with the system that they run though, it's not tight end heavy. So you, you're kind of wasting the talent if you can get mm. something for him. Their offense did get better after they traded him. I think they wanted to focus on getting like their receivers out in space and focus yeah. on them a little bit more than the tight end. Because when you have Hawkinson on your team, you got to use them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the best year he played with the Lions, and then he he continued on with the Vikings. So there is that part. And I think the re-signing of him, knowing that his contract's coming up, they they didn't know if they were ready to do that, so they just played it safe. Uh, I, w- I think they'd rather – I mean, personally, I think I'd rather have him. You, you mm-hmm. wasted, a, I think, the eighth overall pick on him, so you, you know, you'd rather have him, but um, – I don't think it hurt. It actually helped their offense move. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it, it is taking that, you know, especially if you, if you draft so high for somebody, they're mm-hmm. like, they hang on to that forever. Yeah. And almost like a, like mm-hmm. an obligation to prove that I wasn't stupid making yeah. this pick, <laughs> you know, yep. right. like, Oh, the seventh rounder is so much better than this first rounder. Right. Well, that's yeah. why like, um, Bill Belichick's always been like a coach. I like respect it because if he makes a mistake, he'll just be like, okay, that's not working. Um, mm-hmm. Pete Carroll, yeah. the same way they try the, the year they, they signed Matt Flynn, right. To that big contract. Right. And then they yeah. drafted Wilson and they played Wilson because he was better. And like, well, I, yeah, we signed this guy. We thought we were going to play him, but the, the rookie's better. Why would we stick right. with him? So I just think coaches, if they would be more on top of those things, I think less of them would make mistakes, but you're right. It's more of an ego thing. Like, Hey, this is who I picked and I got, and I wanted. So I wonder if it's ownership on a lot of those type of things. It could know? be too. If, if yeah. They don't, I mean, I couldn't imagine the Cowboys <laughs> drafting somebody wrong and then not having him on the field, no matter what yep. versus, you know, did, you know, hands off ownership. Like actually yeah. mostly I, I will say the AFC West has pretty much hands off ownership, which is kind of nice, you mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah. How's that? Well, I think, yeah. you know, the Chargers fired uh, Marty Schottenheimer. <clears throat> that was a time when ownership or GM got in the way of that one. I mean, I think, you know, they, they probably would have won a Super Bowl had they kept him. And that was another, you know, wasted years for the Chargers. Uh, I can tell you all about Schottenheimer offenses. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you that's might think uh, differently. You was right there. In your uh, you know, that was, that was, it was hand off the ball three times and punt. Yeah, uh, those chief defenses were carried those teams back in those those days. But yeah, yeah. But mm. yeah, well, football's almost here, guys. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. To talk about it again. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and it's better than talking about college realignment. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't watch college football. So oh, really, no. Well, I mean, it's, it's more, it just affects everything you do, you know, I mean, basketball, college basketball, college football, it's just crazy. I mean, if you're in Atlanta, Jason, then you, you're in the heart of mm-hmm. college football, you know, and I, I, I'm a big 12 guy. I, like I said, I grew up in Kansas city. I'm a Kansas fan. Okay. And so all these things, you know, I was happy to get, see those other teams, but it's just like, this is weird, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is weird. I mean, the Pac-12 was going to, be dissolved pretty strange pretty strange yeah but um so. yeah I, I, there's been talk for years about um them getting to a big four potentially even breaking themselves away from the ncaa and creating their own college league yeah. i can see them doing that just putting the basketball off or men's basketball putting football off mm-hmm. and then basically reverting all the olympic sports back to the big eight <laughs> <laughs> the pack eight you know and just reverting it all back you know so yeah yeah 
Yeah. But yeah. I'm glad football's coming. Yeah. I like watching Tennessee balls. Um, they're my favorite team. So I'm pretty excited Rocky about Mount. the upcoming year. The knocked Tennessee off, knocked off Alabama last year. It's been a while. Yeah, that's there's a it's there, there's a certain atmosphere to college games. You oh know? yeah, yeah. Tennessee has over one hundred five thousand people. It's it's awesome. So I live here in Reno, Nevada. We have a UNR Mountain West school holds like twenty five thousand. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's pretty funny. See, yeah. wow, that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is it is college football big by you, um, Travis? Not. Not real. I mean, it's it's it. The the local the locals are very proud of UNR for basketball and football, but it's not, you know, everybody. I will say, you know, I, I lived twenty years in in California, and there's like no college fans there. Um, I got lots of stories about that watching Kansas play basketball in California, and there'd be more KU fans than than anybody else. You can play Stanford; it'd be that way. Here, it's everybody's got everybody's wears their Wolfpack stuff. You know, it's very just like it is back east, like it should be. You know, <laughs> uh, but you go to Southern Nevada, and it's it's completely different. It's more of a LA vibe, but but yeah, no, it they they get it for certain games. You know, when their rivals come to town, whether it's UNLV or Boise State, mm-hmm. they get all hyper. <laughs> so, are they in the funny. same division with UNLV and Boise? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. So they they play the Mountain West has got uh, Utah State, Wyoming, Colorado okay. State, Air Force. So yeah, yeah it's there it's, is a potential for them to merge with Washington State and um, California and whoever else is left. Was it Oregon I, State? Oregon. I, I think the I think the vibe that I've heard is that that those two culturally would fit into the Mountain West mm. way better. Yeah. You know, and and I think so. They said it's up um, to what Stanford wants to do because Stanford's not going to join the Mountain West. Yeah, Stan- Stanford thinks that they're going to get into the ACC. Mm-hmm. And the ACC says we have no benefit. We're not going to get any more money if we let you in, and we're going to have to <laughs> fly all the way to California. Yeah, what was that? I was a soccer coach at, at North Carolina today, or something. Said, "Let them hang, let them die in the vine, or something." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, there's some honesty. <laughs> But yeah, yeah that, I mean, I don't know if you if you've been watching it. Oh yeah, Jason. Yeah, I mean the the some of the stories that have come out about the arrogance of the Pac-12 is just amazing. Really? I mean, just yeah, they absurd. totally blew it. They could have they could have uh, grown bigger, but they probably you know they were one of the last ones to stick to their tradition with the Rose Bowl and it, you know not wanting to join with the BCS because the Rose Bowl is the best and you know. Yeah. Well, and they had a chance to merge with the uh, what they call the hateful eight in the Big Twelve, mm-hmm. right after Oklahoma and Texas announced they're leaving, mm-hmm. and they basically just hung up the phone on them, wow, and just said, "Nah, you you guys are not academically or culturally aligned with us." Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, the the hateful eight took it personal. They went out and hired your your Mark, and <laughs> he's. He's shaking things up. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. took back uh, Colorado. You know, that was the, the first kind of ball to drop. And things yeah. kind of went crazy after that. So, yeah. No, it's it's good for him. I mean, 
bas- college basketball and not this well this year big eight so, or big 12 is really good mm-hmm. but the following year is going to be amazing yeah you know conference games with kansas and arizona playing each other twice potentially mm-hmm. i mean yeah. that's gonna be awesome you have a usc in there you know and ucla ucla is coming too right no they're going to the big 10 oh, they're yeah, gonna go play that's wisconsin right. that's right they're going to that's right they're going to the big 10 okay. yeah uh, big 12 gets utah the two arizona schools and colorado and colorado okay not not counting the other four that just joined a couple weeks ago right or a month ago or whatever yeah. it was i have to get used to it <laughs> you remember who I, I know right it's like it oh funny. ucf is in the uh is in the big 12 yeah. oh yay everybody so, orlando trip we can go watch right. KU basketball and go to disney world <laughs> <laughs> yeah so all right well thanks ryan for having me on hope it made sense yeah. thanks ryan no it was awesome guys thanks for joining me and thanks uh for your insights so it's really awesome i will send you a link when i post our podcast and then um I told Jason already, but Travis, if you want to share it with anybody, you can. You also don't have to share it with anybody either. I don't. I don't care what you do with it. Let me tell you, this is a huge historic thing. Somebody asked my actual opinion mm-hmm. for football versus me giving it to <laughs> forcefully. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. No. I'm. I'm a. I don't. Jason. I don't know if you're. I mean, how you become a Broncos fan, but yeah, that's, I mean, it's just, it's just life. Yeah. I mean, me. you know, I, uh, I grew up here in Georgia, so I'm, I'm just kind of weird. You know, I picked, I picked schools, not just because of where I live or, uh, teams. I, I picked, uh, teams. I, I like their atmosphere and style of play. And so I'm kind of all over the place with teams I like, but I stuck with them after, you know, I didn't jump off the, uh, wasn't a bandwagon yeah. follower. I stuck with them. Yeah, no, that's how we always tell. We can tell what our true Chiefs fans if they remember, you know, the Todd Haley days. If you know they went yeah. to games and watched games when Todd Haley was there, or you know, Cornell Romeo is it Romeo Cornell? Yeah, yeah, He's the defensive yeah. coordinator, right? Uh, yeah, and then Schottenheimer back in the day, and yeah. Um, but have you get, gone to a game in Denver? I have. Yeah, um, that's good. The year after they won the Super Bowl, oh, <laughs> I got still, to go see them play, I saw them play the Patriots in Denver. Actually, it was awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no. And I'm sure yeah, if they ever visit, was, was under center, but yeah, you know they they barely <laughs> lost to Tom Brady and the Patriots because their defense was still you know stout. They lost like seventeen to nine or something. Wow. Yeah, one of my first uh, in-person Chiefs games was I got to see Bo Jackson, um, the Raiders. I got to see his. His man Dan Marino, uh, he got awesome. got thumped got thumped one day by the yeah. ninety one Chiefs. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I I always tell people it's like I, yeah, I'm a fan of X Y Z. It's like have you gone to a a home game to be with your people? <laughs> yeah, it makes a difference. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah, when the Broncos come to Atlanta, I, I go. So I, I got to go a couple of times and sit up there with the Broncos fans. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was it. Uh, you've heard, you know, when uh, every time there's an incomplete pass afterwards, all the fans yell, incomplete, you know, throughout the Broncos stadium. 
Oh, okay. mm -hmm. I don't know if you've oh, ever paid attention to hear that. No, I like. I would love to go to Denver. Okay, and go see a game. Have it in, uh, in Madden. If you play Madden, you can hear the fan. They have it in the background. The fans saying oh, do that. Do they? Yeah. But anyway, I, I got to see that with the Broncos fans. So every time the Falcons threw an incomplete pass, we we all were all yelling that. That was uh <laughs> It's been a while though. That was when um, shoot, I uh, just lost the quarterback. Uh, can't think of his name right now. Mike Shanahan draft, you know, drafted Jay Cutler. Oh wow! Cutler was on the team when uh, the Broncos came to Atlanta. Wow, it was a it was a good game. I think the the last Chiefs game I saw was in SoFi down in Los Angeles. Some beat the Chargers in overtime on that Kelsey. It didn't look like it was going to be a a winner. He cut across and out, and mm. that place went nuts. That's yeah. why I'm not convinced that there. Are, I, I I really don't think there are Rams fans really in the world. Yeah, I think the TV execs make them up. But Charger <laughs> fans, <laughs> no, and in the, and that by the way, if you ever have a chance, that is a nice, that is a cool stadium mm. down there in mm. Los Angeles. Cool go down and see a game there. It's, it's pretty close to LAX, mm. but yeah, no. All right. <laughs> Okay, guys, well, I got to yeah. get going, but thanks a lot for joining. Yeah.